Hello, this is Aaron Cooter, and you're listening to 11 O'Clock Comics. Oh my god, I need this. Did you just get buzzed? Is that your personal pager? No. You don't pager. Being an IT guru. Yeah, I have a pager. I have a big ass <laughs> pager. It only, it only has one number coming in. I can't call out with it or anything. <laughs> David has like a bill. You know, it's, it's all pagers. How obtrusive is it that uh, we can't get rid of this Windows 10 thing on our computer? Like, I, I, I want to I destroy this computer simply because I can't get rid of this. Why? That little icon? Yeah. I just noticed it today. It just, it just got it. Oh, well, I, I don't find it very it's oh, like, this is hell. Dude, it's in the corner. You can't. It's like... It's the principle. Oh. It's my computer. <laughs> don't fuck with shit on my computer. If I want Windows 10, I will download Windows 10. So did you feel that way about the YouTube thing with the, with the iTunes? It's the same deal, right? No, the, I didn't feel that way because I, I, I got rid of that. Oh. I don't mind that okay. they said, hey, Windows 10, but I should be able to right-click and say, thanks, gotcha. Thanks. Hide Turn it. it off now. Yeah. I, I sent David a message on the Facebooks and I said, so I'm going to update to Windows 10, right? And he's like, no, 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 don't do that. Especially the night of a show, too. Who would be dumb <laughs> enough to do that? For sure. And, and he's yeah, like, nah, you, man. Like, nah, son. Yeah, I'm going to test it out and I'll, I'll give you a heads yeah. up. Yeah, let, let's make sure nothing works with it, though. It's got no 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 drivers, no software support. So, yeah, I'm going to try to run That's, Audacity. The boys That's are my... back in town. I'm worried. You very nice. The, I'm worried about the Adobe Suite. Yep. If that doesn't work with it, I'm I'm not updating because I'm then I'd be, I'd be screwed. You should You'd then, be screwed. Yeah. You should not update until you know for sure. Dude, yeah. never or, be the first to update. Like, oh, I let know. Let a bunch yeah. of fools update and then read about how bad it is and then wait for the patch and then update. I used to blind update with the when I had the Mac because I was trustworthy. But I mean, at least. I, I was trustworthy, and most most of the time the the update would be seamless. Everything would work. Then the past once they got to ten, such it was not the case. Like nine, eight, those always wait, wait, wait for me to deploy it on campus. I'll let you know when to go for it. Nice. You deploy, and then I'll deploy. Maestro, right there. Yes. How you guys doing? Maestro. I missed you all last week. I'm so bummed. I I. Uh... I will have, by the time Dap and I hug lovingly in Charlotte in a few weeks, I will have been on planes six out of oh. seven weeks for work. Jesus. That's yeah. all. You're a jet setter. That's, yeah. that's amazing. No, dude. It's, it's like, <laughs> I mean, we're talking Des Moines, Dallas, <laughs> Minneapolis. We're not talking, you know, Milan and, uh, Ibiza. You're st- you're seeing the world. The world. You're seeing the butt crack of Dude, America. I'm flying in, going to a bunch of meetings in a suit, going to a dinner, sleeping, going back they, to some more meetings, and racing to the airport to not miss my flight. That's what I'm doing every day. I think you left one part out. What? Paying for the hotel room porn. But Dude, it's a company credit card. That's I, I was just going to say. That's all. Well, it's entertaining. Here's why. They always tell you, like, oh... Uh, you know, it won't show up on your bill as anything, but that's ridiculous because what other movie costs nineteen ninety nine? Captain America. They shouldn't America. even call it like a movie. Then they should just be like, "Oh, I see you went to you know the mini bar a few times." Well, right. Like I would rather all the movies in the hotel cost nineteen ninety nine so that you could get some porn without having an issue. See, they should have budget porn. Like, because seriously, how long does it take? Okay, they should have. 
They should have. They should call them quality clips. That's why you clips go to video box and just highlight scenes and just watch. Yes, <laughs> scenes with the best of the best. Watch maybe maybe five minutes and charge you. That's worth five bucks. Charge you by the pud. If they you charge by the like, inch, uh, like I'd get it like for fat free by the minute. Yeah. Right. However many pulls it takes, that's how much you pay. Seriously. Family. Show. We are in. Uncharted Territory this week on 11 O'Clock Comics, episode 371. Mm -hmm. I am Fap B. (laughs) Now all I'm Vince. Oh, shit. See, I was going to say something like David Fat Price. But all right, I am uh, David A. Price. Thick. David A. Thick Price. Robin Thick. Yes, you are. And I am Boujou Banton. No. You're not Buju Benton. You're Jason Wood, and I'm so glad you're come, back. Come, baby, come, baby, baby, come, come. It's good to he, lost Vince. he lost Vince. He lost Vince. It's okay. Wait, I'm just glad. What do you mean? I'm just glad you're here. He, yeah. He, that's all. He's that's glad all you're here because he had me last week, but he's glad you're here. This. Oh, oh you know what? Why Gabe and Karina? Well, it hurts my heart that that not only. I mean, it always hurts my heart when I don't get to talk to y'all, but then to miss Gabriel and Karina, it's like a double. That's yeah. a double whammy. Regardless of the guest or the situation, there is a noticeable difference when only two of us are present. I don't care what anybody says. Yeah, great show. There's a noticeable difference. Not a bad thing. It's a different thing. But it happens. Have we ever – I mean, Vince, you and I have never done a show, just you and I. No, we haven't. (laughs) You're laughing like you – like, thank God. (laughs) No, I shuddered at the (laughs) – Jeez! Oh, wow. <laughs> that was a. I think it would be pretty awesome. That would be fun. Yeah. But but different. Awesome, but different. Yep. There you go. And if you would like different prices, meaning cheap, on your favorite funny books and collectibles, all you have to do is go to Discount Comic Book Service, DCBService.com. Remember that URL. It's very important because when you plug that into your little internet browsing device, DCB service.com you will be greeted by massive discounts the absolute lowest price comics you can get anywhere they won't even let them print the discounts in dc comics have you seen that ad it's in um it's in today i bought i just bought a dc comic for the first time in like a a long long time and there's an 11 o'clock there's a yeah listen there's a dcb service ad in here that says our discounts are so good we're not even allowed to put them in this ad (laughs) That's, That's crazy. That is hot. hot. It is. 35, 45, 55, sometimes 75% off your favorite funny books and collectibles delivered right to Delivered. your door. We are in the limbo period. How low can you go? Well, very low if you're DCB service, but we don't know what the specials are going to be, so we got to wing it. Rest assured, the discounts will be deep and plentiful. Go said. there. DCBService.com. There's a theme tonight. We're going to run with it. Yes, sir. Yep. We have thank yous? I do. Yes. I do too, but go ahead. I had a very big package <laughs> delivered to my door. And it, uh, I ripped it open. I was like, what is this? It's from Canada. <laughs> uh, and it was six volumes Zumbitch. of Menage 3 <laughs> and a beautiful assortment of very dirty Art cards, all done by the disgustingly talented uh, Giselle Legacy or Legacy, is it, David? I, you know, I mess these things up. It's Legacy. Uh, yeah, I think it's Le- 
Yeah, I guess with I would say it's Lagasse. Uh, she listens, and thank you for that. So let us know if we butchered your name, Giselle. Yes, but but we'll just call her Giz. Or, I don't want to call her Jizz, but it is Dude, appropriate. Really? <laughs> really? It is appropriate. Talk about uh, Giselle. Oh, Giselle is the the illustrator of Menage oh, Three, and it is amazing. I'm I'm, I'm I just wanted to you know relive some of it, so I picked up the first volume, and I'm going through it. It is like sweet. Naked candy, it's delicious, and you cannot stop consuming it. Correct. I, I I looked at the clock, and and it was like three hours later. I was on volume four. I love this series, and as an illustrator, she's a marvel. The 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 character design, the 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 the, the uh, body posturing, and the facial features. It's amazing, and you 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 know these characters. I love Gary. He's my yep. man. He's my. I'm rooting for him. I think him. we can all identify with Gary. Yes. Didi, uh, you know, you would think, <laughs> you would think Didi would be my girl because of her physical characteristics, because that's what I normally gravitate towards. But she's like a blank slate. She's a whiteboard. Anything you, you imprint on her, she's going to think that way. Like when she's running back to, to deflower Gary because he's a virgin. He's 27, 28. But anyway, he's, he's a comic book. Sci-fi toy collecting nerd who has never, well, not never really kissed before this. So he's a complete uh, virgin, and um, she's running back to deflower him. And luckily, you know, she was stopped. Or, but she, whatever you tell her, it's what she does. But the, the assortment of characters is amazing. I love this series. So uh, I have to thank Giselle for sending these to me. I love you. Thank you very much for this. Um, um you you made. At least four hours of one day and possibly, uh, you know, probably a lot more this weekend. Very, very, very happy. It is like the comic version. I, I mean, I've heard some people have erectile dysfunction. That never happened to me. But this will cure it in about two seconds. It's that sexy. It is. I agree. And I also have the same wonderful thank you to give because I too received a monstrous package. It was fully engorged. Fully engorged. <laughs> and tingling. It was tingling, I think. But, uh, no, I got, I got the same from, from, uh, Giselle. And, and I must admit, uh, you know, David has been a huge proponent of Giselle's work, uh, for years now. And, uh, it's, it's won his favorite webcomic at least most years, if not every year. I can't remember. Yeah. But it's definitely been your predominantly favored. Uh, award there and I had read some of it but I had admittedly not read a ton of it and um the other thing is I didn't realize that Giselle was a regular listener of the show and so I guess t- right. two weeks ago um when I gave Dap credit for the fact that I dove in and was catching up she was you know said no I heard you on the show that's great and uh and voila Vince we get hooked up with the library so yeah and cool. just to clarify she's not only the illustrator for the series she is the co-creator co-writer too with um with with, with Dave, uh, D- David Dave Lumpson. Lumpson. Right, yes, right. yes. Very funny totally. stuff. Like like laugh out loud stuff. Absolutely. And I have a second thank you as well. Ooh, do tell. Uh we what about a month or two ago had uh an awesome time having two of our buddies from across the pond sit in with us. The incomparably and sickeningly talented artist Mr. Mark Laming and yeah. our good buddy and uh Mark's uh, right hand man and good good chap uh Mr. Tony Esmond. And they sat in with us and we had a ball. And we were riffing about lots and lots of things that we dug 
because we're all fans of the the Marvel Bronze Age and 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 so forth. And somehow or another, we got to talking about Captain Britain and my penchant for collecting first appearances. And I mentioned in passing that uh, I had Captain Britain's first U.S. appearance, but had what's that? Marvel team up. That's right. But had not been able to track down his first ever appearances in the Marvel UK uh, magazine. And what uh, what do I find in my mailbox uh, last week? But a envelope that I opened up and what was in it. But not just the first issue, but the first and second issues of Captain Britain's first appearances. Along with the other thing we talked about, a wonderfully intact, pretty much mint condition set of uh, old school 3D glasses that came with the issue. So it's like I, I was floored. I mean, um, you know, these are literally issues that I have sought after and coveted for uh, well north of a decade since I began actively collecting first appearances of characters that I dig. And to have those dudes send me this like that is just I'm 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 rendered speechless which our listeners know is very difficult <laughs> um so uh a huge yeah, so a huge thanks to you guys seriously i mean i you know I, i've tweeted pictures of the of the books and put them on the, the 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 facebook messages and all that so so they're out there if you want to see them and, and i've thanked them personally but but i wanted to definitely not forget to give them a big thank you and a big uh, cyber hug uh, on the air and, and also to let you guys know um, that uh, there was a, a wonderful note attached, um, and they they asked me to let you both know that they have goodies for you both too. Not that you're Aww. asking for anything, and that they will be giving them to you at New York Comic Con because both of them are coming to New York Comic Con this year. Nice. So. Well, Mr. Lamming already gave me a goodie, and you're going to hear more <laughs> about that later. Well, he gave you one too. Uh, we're going to hear about that in a little while. Awesome. So that, thanks to every, lots of thanks. It's always nice to, uh, it's, it's, it's humbling to be giving so many thanks. It's, uh, it's pretty cool. Yes. The, um, a couple weeks ago we had, um, well, a few weeks ago we had Mr. Zach Crucian to talk about the Appleseed Comic Con that took place a couple of weeks ago. Um, and his, the, the the special guest was none other than uh, Jaime Hernandez, um, and Zach pinged me and and asked me if um, I would like a a uh, a sketch a piece from Jaime, and I said, yeah, sure, why not? What the hell? How often is that going to happen? I know that uh, that uh, two of the brothers were at Heroes. Last year, I don't know if they'll be there this year. I haven't checked the uh, the guest list recently, but um, I figured, what the hell, I'll 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 go for it. And uh, the other day on Saturday, I think it was Saturday, but the other day, um, or maybe it was Friday, but the anyway, the other day, I, I come home and he Zach boxed this up beautifully. It wasn't in in an envelope or anything like that. It was he he did um, he protected the art between cardboard and then he put that in 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 a box, so it wasn't wasn't gonna be able to move around or get kind of wedged in. I'll, I'm sure my mail person would try, but they weren't able to um, wedge this into the mailbox. So this was uh, it's like like so when I say it was on my stoop when I got home, and <laughs> uh, and and it is. He he sent me a, a picture 
via text when uh, when it was done, and it I thought the photo was pretty swell, but it it is it's amazing um, in person. It's it's uh, on slightly um, I don't I actually it, it I think it's slightly bigger than uh, than a backing board, but it's. Um, it's it's about that size, and and it's a it's a head sketch of uh, of Gwen Stacy by Jaime Hernandez, and it is a Peter Peter's true love, beautiful piece, yes, uh, a beautiful piece of art, and and I am uh, and, and I huge thanks to Zach for um for making this happen, and of course uh, to Jaime, who I'm sure is listening like he does every week, so he'll he'll know exactly who gets this, and uh, and it's gonna go. I, I will find a space for it on. On my desk, so I can see it when we record. But yeah, it's uh, it is pretty sweet. So I thank you. That it is. That's a big, big one. It's a get. Major get. We call it in the business. We call it a get. Drop the mic. Well, yes. It's it's my um, it's my Jason meets Terry Moore piece. I don't have too many (laughs) penciled only pieces, and uh, and like Terry Moore, Jaime does not travel with inks. So um, which. I didn't know, and, and it wasn't one of those things where it was like, "Oh, well, then forget it." Then, but it was, uh, it it's, you know, if 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 I'm ever in Jaime's neck of the woods with it, and and you know, and, and hey, he's got his things great, but otherwise, you know, I'm not. I, I unfortunately I won't be able to follow Jaime around at cons like like we tend to do with with Terry Moore and and ask him if he's brought his things this year. Um, I do believe though that 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 Jason will be buying some. Uh, Croquilles and 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 some uh, and some microns so that uh, Terry can ink the uh, the square of the jam piece. You could use mine. I'll bring All right, mine. so bring yours. So there you go. But um, yeah, but I yeah. think I've moved on. I, I think I'm going to try and get someone else to ink it. I I think that you know me, dude. I think that is a fantastic idea. It's just a question of finding someone that <laughs> you know. It's it's right. I, I don't. You don't want to give it to thing. Klaus. Right. I, I don't want. Yeah. Exactly. I, I don't. Terry Austin. Well, yeah, because he just, he's, he, he's a regular on the concert. Um, <laughs> the fact that he's not is mind boggling. Well, yeah. Um, no, I mean, I, you know, I, you know, we'll see. I, I don't know. I have to really think about it because the weird thing is, is that, um, between us, we could come up with a list of quality, uh, inkers, but Terry always does his own ink. So it's not as though we can use any references. Oh, so-and-so did a great job over him. So I, I need to find someone that basically is able and willing to essentially ink as though they were Terry Moore, which I, I don't want to be insulting to the anchor, but I, you know, I don't want to go to them and say, can you do this like you're Terry Moore? So it's a tricky, it's a conundrum. Yeah. If you carefully select the person you approach, you won't have to tell them that. That's what I'm thinking. Right. But then yeah. to David's point, if I ask the wrong person, like Klaus, who's a beast, <laughs> I mean, he's a beast. I don't mean to say he's not great, but right. he's going to be like, again, if you ask Klaus Jansen to ink something, he's going to presume you want sure. it to look like him. Right. Yep. Yeah, just, I, it would be, and I don't know that I want. Uh, I don't know what I want. To, I don't know that I want a John Romita Jr. Uh, uh, <laughs> Emma on my on my channel. God, God, re- God rest his soul. I go up to Gene Cole. Gene, can you eat this for me? So there's Klaus, of course. There would have been Gene. There, there, Tom Palmer. There are some dudes who were just and Joseph. I think. I think. I think Joseph would be fantastic. I think um, I, Al Milgram would look. Pretty much just like Terry's version, uh, an inked version of that. But um, what about Dexter Palmiotti? I think Dexter would probably. I, I, I don't. I wouldn't say Dexter's heavy-handed. I think that. Um, I think you get some pretty sweet lines with Dexter, 
it would, um, it's weird because it's it, it it's like you have this one chance. If you made if you made scan if you if you made copy, I know level, exactly. And they'd be like, could you could you? I, this, here's a, a tryout book. Can I say yeah, I would have done this? You should I you should hand that out at the beginning of the con, and whoever does it best by Saturday afternoon, be like, I'll be back Sunday. Dude, there's a book in the making here. <laughs> it's true. You're right. There's a, you're missing an opportunity. It's, it's, yes, yes. Just just like the Gary Martin uh, book that I he the, the 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 guy to inking where he had he had yep. Steve Rude draw a bunch of pages and he had um. Nebris and and Palmer and himself and <laughs> and Carl's story and and everybody just and and um uh Schultz you had everybody just do their inks on it and and you could t- Scott you would not get Scott Williams I Palmiotti might be neat but it, it's yeah it, it is not something because you really only have the one shot to do it so it's it's not something you can just be ah this is the day I'm gonna do it and I'm gonna spin the bottle and pick this guy I know who'd do a great job on it. Hmm. I don't know how willing you would be to approach this person. Okay. Andrew, Andrew Peepoy would slaughter it. He, he, you're not wrong, but he, uh, canceled. He's not going to be at Heroes. Ah, uh, I'm so sorry for it. But him. that was a good idea. Mm-hmm. Speaking of good ideas. Oh, what, can we, can we just, can we just, can we just not make a, a segue right yet? I just, I, I'm dwelling on the game. Do the, oh, the, the, the roll call yet. I know, I know, I know. How, how you, how you said that, that, uh, that was, well, someone said it was a get for, for David. Who is your top get of living artists, Jason? Oh, wow. Whoo! <laughs> so, okay. Well, when you say get then, are we talking a commission or a piece of art? Anything. Oh, the, sorry, getting a no, piece see, of art. Because if you say just getting a piece of art, that, to him, that, that, that could be a Bushima page. That could be a John Bushima page. Right. So living. 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 Okay. So then it would have to be probably a commission then, I would say. Uh, geez, man. Uh, well, you know what? I, I, I would be, I own Alan Davis art, so it's not as though that's, but there's probably nothing in the art world among the living that I covet more than an Alan Davis Excalibur page. Hmm. Um, but, since I own some Alan Davis art already, the thing that I probably most covet that I don't have and is attainable quite possibly this month is uh, something by Art Adams. Excellent. That is attainable, yeah. That that's a hell of a get. Yeah. See, I have I I'm dying to hear Vince's. I you know mine already. What? You know what I'm going to say. Go ahead. My top get, Richard Corbin. Oh, I wouldn't wouldn't have guessed that. I mean, I really, I, I, yeah, no, it makes sense. What you say? I would have yeah. maybe come up with him, but I would say Panther. as far as living go, yeah, or or Bernie, but yeah, no, no, it would definitely be Corbin for you. That that. Oh, is. see, I would have said Gary Panther, but all right, I already have one. Oh, you do? Mm-hmm. I have a couple. Um, oh, my bad. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, just. Uh, I, I now thanks to thanks to Bean, I, I have a Wagner page from Mage, and and he sketched in my he sketched in a couple of the books that I have, so it's not some. Um, and he tickled your balls. And he tickled. <laughs> really, it is. Uh, the uh, I. I love it. Even snort. I know it's awesome. Um, I really I oh man, yeah. See, I love to. You know what I did this because I love chunky show notes. I, I hate to do just like three or four things we talk about and that's it. I love to just throw tons of names in the in the show notes because then people would be like, "Wow, these guys are all over the place." Because we are. Yeah. Um. Well, may, maybe a Steve Rude. I don't have a Steve Rude. Oh, 
I That's good. Have a blink from Steve because you said because yes, you do have a blink from Steve. And I have I have a sketchbook from the Indiegogo a couple years ago and um, the Air Prince that he signed. But I don't have a um, I don't have any original art from from Steve. I can't say Gilkane, Obviously, I can't say. Uh, um, I mean, I do like the older John Romita Jr. stuff, but you know, I I have a, a Jim Chung page. I have a, a Quapel page. I I don't have anything by Mark Bright. Or I do. I actually, I now have a Dennis Cohen page thanks to um, Andy Tom. Um, so yeah, there isn't. Uh, I I I love Mark Bright's work, whether it's on Power Man and Iron Fist or Green Lantern or um, uh, or Iron Man. But yeah, I, I, I like. For me, a get would be one of the older dudes who. Well, one of the older dudes who, who who was drawing in in the eighties and nineties, not old older dudes, but uh, yeah, I I have the opportunity right now to score my number two get, but the price that it would cost me is at this period in time a little more than I want to pay. Who this is and what is it? Mike Plug wow. is is having a Kickstarter for this this Art of Mike Plug book, and you know I'm in the Kickstarter. I'm in, so you can get the the book itself for like fifty bucks. But the one of the incentives is, and it's way down the list, you can get the book in a slipcase with an original page from his Terror on the Planet of the Apes. Get from, out. Yes, that that's one of my all-time favorites. And I'm telling my wife, she's like, oh, really? And, you know, the things being as they are, she's like, she's feeling me out. And um, she's like, well, what would this cost? It's seven hundred. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, I, I was, I was about to send Dap a little DM, be like, yeah, let's hook this brother that's up. Good, yeah. No, but, no, uh, no, no, no. Seven hundred. Yeah, seven hundred and fifty bucks. <laughs> All right. I just looking past the, um, looking past my laptop, my my get these days might be, um, I'm looking at the Eisner Miller book, but it would be, uh, it probably be Darwin Cook. Yeah, that's I have a good nothing choice. by Darwin Cook. Yeah, that, I mean, there. Are, I mean, for you know, th- this question is opened up. It's a great conversation because it's opened up Pandora's box. I mean, there are tons of artists that are living that I want their art and just don't have. And then some I think that fit, fit this category best are those that, for whatever reason, have gotten to a point where I just can't or won't justify the price. Like I, uh, you know, I, I mean, I still remember. I think it was two or three New York Comic Cons ago when we met Opeña. Now I guess it was two ago because because Roland so, bought a couple yeah, pages, yeah, right? Yep, yep, and. Yep. Uh, I generally don't buy, as David noted, penciled artwork. Um, it, it's gorgeous and the detail's phenomenal, but I, I personally like inked art a little better and that's what I buy. And Jerome generally has such tight pencils that, that his stuff is pencil only. So I haven't owned anything of his, but he did ink himself back during the fear agent days. And so I remember asking him at the time if, uh, if he had any Fear Agent pages and his response broke my heart because his response was that he had all of the Fear Agent pages in a garage, I think in LA where he's from uh, or New York, I forget where, but he had them in a garage in storage and basically uh, wasn't, they weren't available because he never thought anybody would want to bother owning them. And I then assured him that uh, he was most certainly wrong and that I and many others would be thrilled to buy some of them from him. And he at the time said, Oh, no problem. I'll just, I'll dig them out and, uh, and I'll give them to my art dealer, uh, who is, uh, who is, uh, 
uh, named Quan Chang and, uh, and we'll go from there. And unfortunately, either he decided it wasn't worth the effort or Quan isn't good at following up because I have emailed Quan probably five or six times since then to remind him of this conversation. And pretty much every time he says something to the effect of, yeah, Jerome's not going to get me those pages or he's just, yeah, I, I, it's probably not going to happen. So they're kind of sitting in the ether. And what really gets tough now is that, uh, is that Opain is leveled up to such a level where, um, he inked the, uh, the Rage of Ultron OGN and those pages are for sale and they pretty much start at like $2,500 a page. Oh. And we're not talking covers here. We're talking per page and they're flying off the shelves. So I tip my cap to Jerome because he's made it big time because the dude's <laughs> pulling in major loot, uh, which is awesome. And, and he deserves it because he's phenomenal. But as much as, um, I realize that, uh, uh, I am certainly subject to scrutiny because I spend a copious amounts of money on art. Um, I would have to get a good divorce attorney if I bought a single page for $2,500. So, yeah, uh, I tend to agree. Yeah. No, I mean, with, there is probably an exception. Like again, a Busema Avengers for, you know, a special occasion or something maybe, but, but yeah, so it's not likely going to happen. Um, and so that would be probably number two for me. Um, you know, that, that's, that's a, that's one that just kind of fell through the, fell through my fingers. See, this puts things in perspective for me. Yeah. Because now that Mike Plugue page doesn't seem all that no. high. Well, does, yeah, no. Okay. I thought you said hot. No, it doesn't seem, I mean, in, in, uh, in context, it's, it's very affordable, very doable. Yeah. yeah in, in terms of the love, I mean, I think Opinia is great, but he's not. Yeah. As Mike much as, as much as Jason loves Opinia, that, that has nothing that doesn't hold the candle to your love for Plugue. No, no, it does. I mean, he could, he could love him more than I love Plug. It's, it's possible. But I'm just saying, in, as far as personal impact. Oh, right. Uh, owning, owning an Opeña page is great, but owning a Plug page yeah. is like, that's my childhood. Right. And, right and like, I would say for me, a number three, uh, again, no surprise to you guys, but, uh, uh, you know, a, a, a Liefeld, um, yeah. X-Force page. And, and, you know, Rob has, he's on record even on our show as saying he owes me a domino uh, commission and I hope to someday have him, uh, deliver on that. Uh, you know, again, it's, it's very nice of him to offer that, but, but, uh, but, but, and, and he, he sells, he's actually pretty regularly sells like Deadpool and cable, like commissions he'll pre-draw on eBay. So it's actually not that hard to get Rob artwork, but for me, um, I really like, if I'm going to do it, I, I want a page from that run because to me, that is the reason yeah. he's still you know, in quotes, Rob Liefeld and the guy that I still get excited to talk to to this day. So, so I would, I, I mean, I, you know, again, a child of the nineties, whatever you want to call it, but I would love a page of that. And, and for all the crap he takes, man, let me tell you something. Those pages come up for auction. Like there's a few up for auction this month on uh comic link. They go for humongous dollars. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, uh, you, you really, you know, again, you're talking thousands. You're not, you're, you'd be lucky to pay less than a thousand for even a, a relatively, you know, basic inventory page from an issue. So, so that's another tough one. The, um, two things that you mentioned comic link and what's awesome is earlier today, uh, one of my favorite people, um, period, but also a, a fantastic writer and a phenomenal anchor. Um, Mr. Andy Parks posted on, uh, on my Facebook page, a, uh, an auction up at comic link which is a um 
which is an old page where it is it is so old you just see the glue where some of the word balloons were because they had fallen off over the years. But it is um it is a I believe it is what if, but it is uh what if number three by Gil Kane and Klaus Jansen. And he, number three. It was, uh, that, that was the Hulk. It was, it was, it was an Avengers issue with the Hulk on the cover. Um, well, well with, and, and with the old Iron Man with the pointy. Um, yeah. but it's, it's, it, it was an Avengers issue. Um, and at the time Andy posted about eight hours ago, he said, even with the missing balloons, it's already a two grand. Um, it's not in pristine condition at all. The, the, the word balloons and the, and the sound effects are, um, are, not, why well, I don't think they're, they're not so much colored with age, but it's, it doesn't look like a young page, obviously, but it's, uh, it's page 43 from this, from this book, but it was, um, it's a beautiful looking page and it's, it's younger Klaus, so he's not as, uh, it, it, it's, you can kind of tell that, that, that the guy who ends up inking Frank Miller and, and much later, John Romita Jr., he is there, but there's a lot of, of Gil showing through it where, Sometimes you might lose sight of some of the Ramita Jr. stuff, but, uh, sure. it, it's, it's a beautiful page. The, um, other living creator that, uh, I probably would be really happy to have on my wall and I would move some things around to make it happen if it were to happen. And I hope to talk about this older story that Vince loves next week, but, uh, would be, uh, Jason Pearson. <laughs> Body bag. Oh, no really? Shit. Yeah. I, I, I didn't really, like him that much because we oh, never talked about him. No, I know we don't. And, and, and he had, he had a rough go of it a year or two ago. He was, he was not the happiest of campers. He was on a little on the depressed side and, and people were worried for him and about him. And, and you've seen his art. I mean, I think you may have even been in, in contact with him about a commissioner. You went on Facebook and said that his, his prices may have been a little, um, high for some of what he's offering, but it's, um, it, I, not so much, I, I know he's done some Deadpool work or he, he's done covers and, and he's done a lot of covers, but yeah, I, I like his, um, he, he's Michael Golden esque in, in some way. Shit, yeah. But it's, yeah. uh, but it, it's a, uh, I do, I, I really like, cause I was a big fan of, um, there was a, an issue of Starman he did and it's, it's, it's the Will Payton Starman, not the James Robinson written stuff, but the, the, um, from the nineties. Uh, Will Payton ended up being a star man, but he was more of a, um, given powers thanks to outer space and aliens and, and it had nothing to do with the Ted Knight or the Knight family, but it was, um, and he wrote, uh, Peter David wrote a, uh, it wasn't done in one, but it was, it, Jason Pearson illustrated it and it was a, uh, it was a takeoff on, um, Galactus and the Silver Surfer. And, and it was, it was a fantastic, it was a funny as hell issue, but Jason illustrated it and, and I loved it. And, and that kind of really, um, made me want to keep an eye out for him. And pretty much whenever he and, and the rest of the, the Geigen guys were, um, were working, whether it was Stelfries or, or Cully Hamner or any of them, um, I was, I always kept an eye out for, for, for the dudes from Atlanta, but, um, yeah, Pearson's always been a uh, he, he's had a special place for me. That's pretty Just cool. To... Uh, by the way, Mike at uh, More Great Art is is his rep. So and and Jason does commissions on the regular for yes, those that uh, are interested. Yeah. So 
Uh, Mike is a, is a, a stand-up dude. He also reps Ed McGinnis and right. Jimmy Chung and Ken Rokaford and a bunch of other peeps. So, uh, so he's definitely worth, uh, reaching out to. That is an attainable one. That, that's, uh, that's probably the most attainable of the ones we've thrown. That's out. What, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Just to play that old record again, I don't dislike body bags. We will. I, I just find that one no, scene to be that very is, painful. And that is something that I want to definitely touch on because I, I was rereading those first few pages and, and I, we're not going to talk about it this week. I want to okay. finish the, this, I, I want to reread this. Selection. I'll read it again. So, but we can talk about it next week. But, um, I know, I know you don't. And it's just that one scene and I keep bringing it up because of that one scene that, that you just love, but it's, uh, no, it's uh, his, I, and, and I love the way he draws women. I mean, he, um, I mean, Panda is phenomenal in body bags, but I mean, he's, he's drawn, he's done commissions of, of Domino, of, uh, of Psylocke, of, um, Emma Frost. I mean, he just, he knows how to draw the ladies, but it's, uh, I just, I, I really like, like that stuff. I mean, I, I like the Michael Golden style. I love, um, the older Paul Smith stuff. And there's just, but yeah, I think, like Jason said, of, of everybody we've mentioned so far and, and just ran down names that, uh, I don't think that, uh, it would cost me a couple of grand to own a, a page of Pearson art or even a commission. Agreed. Hey, 40 minutes in, let's do the drink roll call. I was say, speaking of, of things we covet, what do you covet for your gullet right now? That is good. (laughs) Covered from a absence makes the heart grow fonder, y'all. Now, to whom are you speaking? You are. I was speaking to my boo. Oh, okay. So is that you, Vin? That would be David. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Actually, I'm just gonna pop off a little bit. I I was waiting for um, for this. I had a bottle. Damn. (laughs) Seriously, bro. Dip the tip in on that one. Ian, brother. (laughs) The um. I had this a uh, couple months, um, maybe a couple months ago, and I drank it over the weekend, so I didn't save it for the show. And I, we were at a, um, we hit a local liquor store on the way home. So this is actually, this will probably be right up your guys' alley. This is um, a red wine blend, Chateau La Paz, fine wine. This is a, uh, it is a, um, a wine. That, uh, basically we proudly support no kill shelters and it's chateau, L-A-P-A-W-S dot com is the website. Um, every bottle, uh, has a different shelter dog on the, uh, on the label. And, um, it, I mean, it's, it's a really good wine to begin with. I mean, even without the, the charity aspect of it, I, I'm enjoying the wine, but the fact that, uh, that they donate, um, proceeds to no kill shelters it makes it a little bit better so that is uh, that's what i'm drinking i say it makes it a lot bit better a lot bit yeah and jason uh, oh all right uh since you're driving oh am i i didn't realize i was yeah you're driving okay i'm sitting on my couch i don't know if i can drive but um i uh i am Smart. drinking diet dr pepper <laughs> yes, yeah yes. I, w- I wish i had something more to say but uh <laughs> i'm down here bitches <laughs> yeah <laughs> I had to, uh, help out the seed with, uh, a pretty major work, school, well, not work, school project and, uh, had to keep my wits about me here because he's, uh, he's printing a, a rough draft that I need to read after the show and help him edit. So good. Daddy. Can't be impaired. How about you, Vincenzo? I am drinking 100% natural water. 
Cranberry lime seltzer. Cranberry lime. Wow, mm-hmm. we really should have let David go last. Uh, yeah. What's, you don't like seltzer? I hate seltzer. Oh, I, I love it. I like seltzer in cranberry juice. Oh, that ruins it. Cranberry mm. juice is like second only to grapefruit juice in, in a waste of, of, of <laughs> juice. If I was the molecule man, I would change all cranberry juice into grape drink. <laughs> See, I drink I drink tons of grapefruit juice. I'm not surprised. Cleans your shit up. My shit's clean, dude. You like your liver and regular stuff. like a Timex, bro. <laughs> I don't that worry about true. that. All right, let's get on to the comics. Proper. Let's talk some comics. I read more than my fair share. Me this too. Week. Tons and tons of, of stuff, done. and the majority of which was either. Secret Wars or connected to Secret Wars. Agreed. Yes. And uh, before we dive touch- in, what what are your like high level thoughts so far? I mean, in terms of the, the more about the tie-ins. Uh, like, wh- how are you feeling? Like, if just in terms of overall thoughts, like and vibe. There was only one issue out of fifteen <laughs> so far that I said that is absolute trash. I can't even read it. Okay. Um, everything I've read, uh, sans that was fantastic. Different gradations of fantastic. There were some really notable standouts, but I think for the most part, um, all of these tie-ins are being produced, um, very well. I'm excited. Uh, I'm, I'm really jazzed for the whole, uh, event. I think some of the tie-ins are actually better. And the secret war, the main secret wars. Well, we've only got, well, today was the third issue, but we've only got two issues. I haven't either. So we've only got two issues, zero issue, but we've only got really two issues of secret wars. And I think judging by what some people have said about the third issue so far, it looks like secret wars proper is getting better with each issue as the series goes on. Yeah. Well, I mean, it started off great, but in terms of like the fun, uh, quotient for me and that, and that's a big, draw for me if the book is fun and entertaining and has a little bit of gravitas like mr wood likes to throw around then it's 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 all good and the top of the heap there were two okay and i would like to talk about both of them uh the first one was written by hayden blackman penciled by <laughs> dalibor talagic inks by goran suzuka color art by miroslav and i'm gonna kill that last name because there's only one vowel in it and there's four letters. Um, Merva, is it? It's Master of Kung Fu number one. Yeah. I thought it was absolutely stunning. Story, art, the whole package was, what are you doing? I'm getting my shit together so I can... <laughs> the, whole, the whole package was just amazing. David shares my thoughts. Do you, Mr. Jason? I must admit that I've read uh, about 15 of these or so, and that is next in my list. I just didn't get to it because, um, oh, yeah. So No, but to, by all means, I mean, I'm probably going to read it tonight uh, after we're done recording unless I'm totally tired. Well, this is right up your alley. Oh, I know. I, I'm I, I, Again, there's just no I, – I, I'm very much looking forward to it. I just was kind of going down the list in our queue and just uh, – it is literally the next one here sitting here on red. So. Cool. Well, it, it the, the setting is cool and loom. Okay, all of the schools are at war. You got the Panther Clan, Jade Tiger, Red Hand, Chaos, Bloodshed, Abound. Um, 
they're all beating the crap out of each other until only two schools remain, the Iron Fist and the Ten Rings. And they're flinging these massively powerful blows. Boom! And they're doing more damage to the, the, the location and the common folk than they are to themselves. Buildings destroyed, people dying. It's, it's, it's nuts. So they, they momentarily stop and they, and they take a look at, at their handiwork. Um, Kuan Lun's in flames. Uh, the schools are in disarray. Students are dead or they're dying. And, and they realize we're screwing up. This is not good. This is counterproductive. Let's come up with a safer way to settle our differences. And what do they do? They devise trial by combat in the test of the 13 chambers. Feel free to play your Wu-Tang here. Uh, he who survives the 13 chambers becomes emperor of Kuan Lu. And so it was. And so it shall be. Much time passes. Emperors come and go until Zhang Zhu of the Ten Rings wins the competition and he rules over Kuan Lun for a hundred years. Hundred years. Now, and this is explicit in the book. Depending on who you ask, it could be a hundred glorious years or a hundred very painful years. See, history is written by those who have won. And, uh, enter Shang-Chi, the rising spirit, son of Zhang Zhu and wanted for murder as this opens. Um, we're assuming, knowing Shang-Chi, that this is a murder that he did not commit. Um, so he throws down with the students of the Ten Rings. They find him in the town square, perched uh, up against a, a, a rock, and he's kind of disheveled, long hair, beard, you know, um, and they, they pick him up for vagrancy. He's not having it. So he throws down with the, the students of the Ten Rings, and the, they're very familiar, these students. One of them is Razor Fist. There's a woman called Typhus with half a face white, which we know is Typhoid Mary. Uh, but the battle, and it's cool, uh, is soon joined by a band of outcasts. And basically, it's a mix of the Morlocks and the New Mutants. You got Callisto, Caliban, Lockheed is a genuine Chinese dragon. That's so awesome. It's, it's amazing. Um, Wolfsbane is in it, but as David pointed out, and I have to agree, she looks more like Dogsbane than yeah. Wolfsbane. Oh. Like she has a, she has a canine edge to her, but it's cool. You, you know, it's, it's nice design. Um, so the, the, I won't go into detail, but Shang-Chi and company make their getaway and the news of Shang-Chi's appearance eventually makes its way to the emperor. And those loyal to the emperor join the fray, including someone called Red Sai. From the Red Hand, I guess we can assume who that is. And as the issue closes, there's a dude in green and gold whose fist is kind of, oh, I don't know, maybe on fire, sparkly, burning, I don't know. Well, it remains to be seen. The second issue of this series came out today. If this was an ongoing created by this team each and every month, I would gladly lay down my money. I thought this issue was magnificent in every respect. Cover by Francesco Francavilla. Nice. Yep. It's, it's a total win. I have nothing derogatory to say about that. The coloring was gorgeous. Um, it was, um, laid out like a Shaw Brothers movie. Just great. It was, it was, it's fantastic. Her hyperbole aside, I can lay, you know, praise on this thing till we run out of time this week and it probably wouldn't. 
encompass just how much I enjoyed I, this I issue. Think, I think the only thing Vince didn't like about it was that it actually ended. There was a last page to it that it has to continue into the second issue. Yeah. Well, well why are you stopping? <sighs> Don't <laughs> do it. Uh, no, it, it was a, um, it was extremely well designed book. I thought the art was fantastic and it, it, it didn't hit you over the head with so much backstory. You, you were able to just kind of, I mean, all of the battle worlds have felt, um, they all, aside from the main recap page with the credits where it tells you, you know, the, the, the earths, all the universes are gone. 1610 and 616 have, were the last two. And this is all that's left behind. And now it's battle world, every domain on its own. And, and, um, all having the one thing in common that they're all, all pay respect to, Lord God Doom, it's, um, but they all feel different. They all look different. They all kind of stand alone. You don't need to, they, there's reference to the shield and, and the, which is beyond each battle world and, um, the deadlands, everything. There are some things that, that, that are referenced the Thor core who show up pretty much all the time, but yeah. every, every issue, every, every domain, um, is its own thing and you don't need to read planet hulk to read master of kung fu to read infinity gauntlet they all i think they're doing a fantastic job just standing living and dying on their own and go ahead but but this one was the most disconnected of everything i've read so far i think so i i would agree with that because they while um some of them that i've read all reference uh, things that have been going on in titles featuring these characters over the past few years. Master of Kung Fu. I mean, we've seen Shang-Chi in Avengers World and we're familiar with him. Uh, but the characters that were reintroduced to in this first issue, um, they all look pretty different. Uh, it, it, but it does. It It, it is a... Um, it it reminded me of the old Master of Kung Fu, not not the Hell book yeah. itself, but it just, but I mean, just just the feeling, the that tone. sense, yes, the the, yeah. the tone, the art was fantastic. It it is a uh, it's a it was a really strong issue, and and uh, I can't wait to read the second one. It it is it's definitely one of my favorites, and I I've read a lot of them so far in the past couple of weeks, but uh, that one definitely stands out. Yeah, many du- double page spreads, beautifully designed. Uh, the action flows, the sequentials are, are amazing. It's just a, it's a great book. That's awesome. Yep. Now, um, I don't want to hog the, 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 the mic here. Why don't you tell us, uh, something you read? Uh, well, I think I'll start with the one that I, um, how do I say it? I thought was the prettiest book of the bunch, uh, of, the, of those that I read. And, uh, that is, uh, Infinity Gauntlet. Number one, it was, it was by pretty. Dustin by Dustin Weaver, actually co-written by Dustin Weaver. As yeah, well. it was. Yeah, they yeah. did the whole uh, Dugan and Weaver as your storytellers. Yeah, exactly. Jerry du- Jerry Dugan and Dustin were the writers, and Dustin was the artist. Um, I love Weaver stuff. Um, I don't know if he's maybe not. I get the sense, and I don't know this for sure, but he's maybe not the fastest dude because he doesn't seem to be a guy that that sticks with a, a regular monthly very often. Um, but you know, but don't don't forget he's doing. Uh, Drifter too. At oh, there you go. Okay, so that's like I said, I'm yeah. talking on my ass right now. Either way, I love when I do get to see him. Um, 
and I would gladly take six issues a year from him because he's that good. Um, but I really found this story to be, um, a, a wonderfully fully composed story that, um, uh, you know, jumps us into a little pocket and, and is essentially built around, uh, a whole new set of characters. And, and I, I thought that was a nice, uh, contrast to most of the books. Um, while I enjoyed most of the books, you know, they are essentially, uh, looks into, at least in some small part, characters we already know. They may be amalgams of those characters or slightly different versions of those characters, but they're still based on the characters that we know. This is uh, not that. This is in a world where um, it's it's essentially post-apocalyptic. The Earth has been invaded by uh, a alien species of mutated bugs, and they have uh, laid waste to most of the population and most of the infrastructure. We're introduced to a family, uh, a regular family that's surviving in this world, and it is uh, a, a dad, his two daughters, and his father-in-law, their grandfather. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're just trying to survive, right? I mean, they're, they're you know, trying to stay safe, and clearly these bugs are everywhere because they, they can't make a fire at night for fear of being seen. They, they can't be too loud. Uh, you know, it's, 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 essentially the most base level trying to just survive at the, uh, you know, at every turn. And, uh, you know, not frankly, not dissimilar to the kind of setting in like the walking dead, right? Where we're pretty much dangerous everywhere. And you just have to learn to deal with that. And it's been some time that they've lived in this world. Uh, and what's clear is that their mother, uh, was a member of the Nova Corps. And when this alien invasion happened, she was called, um, to aid the Nova Corps off world. And there's a tremendous amount of resentment about that because, uh, her, you know, her father, her, which is the grandfather, you know, thinks well of her, but thinks that she's gone and dead because he can't fathom that she wouldn't have come back once the bugs invaded earth to defend, you know, earth and, and her family. Um, you know, her daughters are a little more hopeful that she's out there somewhere. Um, the, the, the husband is, is ambivalent. Uh, you know, he doesn't want to speak ill of, of, his wife to his kids, but he has some resentment about the fact that she did disappear. And, uh, you know, so they're basically trying to survive. And, and we, in the first issue, we get to know this family pretty well. We, we, we get exposed to these bugs and it's cool. It's, it's, uh, you know, it's like, um, uh, they're evocative of, um, not dissimilar to the, the way that the different insects looked in Starship Troopers, right? There's flying versions and there's spider versions and there's, you know, creepy crawly six legged versions and, and they're all, they all have similar characteristics, but they're, but they serve different purposes. And, um, one, one of the daughters eventually discovers something that, uh, let's just say ties into the name of the book, which is infinity gauntlet. And, uh, we are left with a very, uh, perhaps predictable, but, but no less satisfying final page where, um, you know, let's just say some of the, uh, things that they always wondered are some of the big questions they always wondered about their, their mom are, are answered and, uh, it's to be continued. And, uh, we get a little glimpse of, of Thanos as well. Um, so clearly he is involved. In this. Yes, absolutely. A, a, a very streamlined version of, of Thanos. But, uh, I, I thought the book looked phenomenal and I really appreciated that it was a piece focused on a, group of people that we have never seen before. And I loved that. Yeah. I thought it was, 
Um, I got a, an annihilation wave uh, from the bugs, a vibe. Oh, you know what? That could be. I, I, I that's really, uh, that's, that makes a lot of sense. I thought that it was going to, when they mentioned bugs, it was going to be something like the Badoon or something. Uh, mm-hmm. or, uh, but it, no, that could be. Yeah, because it wasn't the Badoon, certainly. That could be. Yeah, but um, exquisitely illustrated. Oh, for sure. By Mr. By Mr. Weaver. Yeah. We- Weaver's uh, total beast. Yeah. Yeah. Just the, for days on every page. Oh yeah, and the yeah. Uh, the double page spread that showcases the massive destruction. Uh-huh. Oh my, that's European. That that would be perfectly suited for a European album. Just the style of of his the rendering he has. It's kind of spare, but yeah. the details all there. Like he's mm-hmm. he's not over rendering this at all. He's not letting the color do a lot of the work too, which mm-hmm. is smart. Um, amazing. Yeah, I I I don't. I mean, because of the all the books looking really good, I I really don't want to say this was the prettiest, but I, mean, I think it was the prettiest. Yeah, yeah <laughs> I think it was. It's, it it was, was definitely it, my personal favorite of the ones I've read so far. Just uh, visually, I'm talking just 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 aesthetically. And Dad is. Given the kids his rations because dude is skinny. <laughs> he is a beanpole. And uh, if not for the, the, uh, the down jacket, I mean, look at his neck, how thin he yeah. is. So he's, he's pushing all his food to the kids and making sure the kids are okay. Uh, and the bugs are just, just the bugs are abs- absolutely disgusting. Very nicely designed. Did we lose him again? No, no I'm here. Oh, good, good, good. So yeah, another win. Definitely another win. That's how about you, DAP? Okay, uh, you guys took the good ones. Um, there is no, uh, there were, um, one of my favorites was, uh, well, I did really, really like, which I didn't, I don't know if I would. I, I really enjoyed Where Monsters Well. Oh, nice. Um, written by, uh, oh, okay. written by Garth and, uh, art by Russ mm-hmm. Braun. Um, mm-hmm. colors by, uh, Dono Sanchez Almara and, uh, it has a, of course, cause there's a dinosaur, uh, on the cover there is a, uh, your cover artist is Frank Cho. Um, Stunned. it is, uh, it, it's, we, uh, well, <laughs> it's fucked up. I, I kept wanting to call him enemy ace. The, uh, the, um, this one, I, we, we, we talked about, Master of Kung Fu, of course, but, uh, this also feels like nothing that, you know, if you've been reading Hickman's Avengers, that, that wouldn't have prepared you for, for this issue. Um, there's nothing you could have been reading in the past couple of months that would have, uh, prepared you or, or feels, this feels anything like what Marvel has been, has been doing the past, past few months. Um, and we're, uh, we really are, just dropped in to this dude's whole, um, what he's going through right now. Carl Kaufman is, uh, is, well, he's about to be hitched to, uh, a, a, uh, a pregnant princess. Uh, <laughs> but he's, uh, he's, he's gonna, he, he's gonna do what he can to really get out of that. And, um, and it's awesome as, as she's, she's daydreaming about, you know, all the, all the good, that's going to come to their, their way and, uh, and, and how happy they'll be. And all while she's saying this, it, it, it's straight out of, you know, an old time comedy where she's going to talk about all these great things. And in the window, in the background, you see him, uh, getting a 
find out how to dodge, load, getting dressed, loading up the, the, the plane and, and literally hightailing it out of there. And he, uh, he ends up back at, uh. Can you blame him? No, you cannot. I definitely she cannot. She was beastly. She was, she was like, hi, I'm a rock your world. <laughs> my, my milkshake. Hi. So she, uh, so, so he gets back to, uh, to home base. Homeboy's not trying to fix his plane without getting paid. Uh, and, and, and their conversation is fantastic because he's like, you know, so, uh, so no balls tongue showed up to talk to you again. And he's like, Oh, I wonder why. He's like, clues in the name. And, and you, you, you find out later that, uh, that it's not just no balls that, uh, no balls doesn't have anymore. There's a, there's a, a comely lass who, uh, is, who's familiar with, um, Kaufman and, and she needs to meet up with some friends. So he, of course, is going to fly her there. Uh, and that's kind of where, Things don't uh, work out too well for our, in air quotes, hero. Uh, they uh, they take to the skies. There's a uh, lightning storm going on, and all of a sudden, she flips the script because she no longer seems to be this uh, this this doughy eyed. Uh, has no clue what the hell goes on in the air or with the plane. Um, type last, and, and all of a sudden. She just, she, she's yelling orders. She's barking orders at, uh, at good old Carl. And, uh, he, he's trying to fix the situation they're in while, um, come to grips with her, uh, 180 as far as attitude and personality. Um, and then as they, as the storm kind of clears, they, uh, or, or they fly through the storm. We're met with some, uh, some dinosaurs. Uh, actually she, she does, uh, she, she says exactly the type of, um, they are, uh, turning on, uh, longiceps and, and she, um, unless she misses her guess. So we're, we're, we're going to take her word for it. But, um, the last page is fantastic because he thinks he's resting on a tree. Uh, and it's straight out of Bugs Bunny. I mean, it's just, it, it's a fantastic Looney Tunes moment, but, uh, this, this is definitely a couple. It, it's, if, if you liked, and if, if you're old enough to remember and, and liked, uh, the Jewel of the Nile, then, and I think that this will, that this pairing of, of these two will, uh, I think you'll enjoy this book. Yeah. Yeah. Trio of things. Yeah. This, made me feel like Archie Goodwin's epic. Yes, or Savage uh, specific, Tales, yes. Specifically Crash Ryan. Okay. I got a, a really strong Crash Ryan epic illustrated vibe from this. Two, the um, Pteranodon looking over its shoulder is worth the entire price <laughs> of the whole issue. <laughs> he, he's like, what the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> and, seriously. And on that same spread, see the, the middle panel on the bottom? Uh-huh. That plant that looks like a pineapple. Yeah. I think it's a tree, but yeah. Way, 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 way back in the day, I was a rabid collector of Aurora models. And they had a series called Prehistoric Scenes. Oh. There, were, there was a plant that basically looked like a pineapple. The base was orange, and you stuck the green leaves into the, the top of it. Mm-hmm. 
that plant right there made me go back 30, 40 huh? years to, to that. To, yep. Them feels. Yep. Yeah, really? I thought this was great. That was great. Yeah, I, I enjoyed the hell out of it. And, and this was one of the few that, um, that included the, um, a, a battle world map and where, um, where Carl and, uh, Clemmy were, were flying to. You got the Far East and the Valley of the Flame. And, um, yeah, next issue looks like they're just going to have to try to survive this mess that, uh, that, that, that Carl kind of put him in the middle of, but it was a, um, I, I thought it was, it was witty. It was, uh, it, it's, it's another one that is absolutely, um, beautifully illustrated. There's, there's a, uh, there, there, there are a few, um, few artists that I see in, uh, in bronze work here, but it, it's, it's all good. And everybody just, I mean, the, the, the facial expressions are fantastic. Everybody, you don't need a lot of word balloons with this. It, it, you, you get everybody's attitude, everybody's, uh, feelings on, on their face. And pretty much everybody in this book, um, they, not too many good poker faces. They, they, they all kind of just, uh, what you see is, is, is what you get. And it, it's all in Carl's smile in his eyes that, that you know he is just, he's, he's, he's selfish. He's in it for himself. And, uh, he, he'll use you to get where he needs to. And, and I mean, and that's apparent in the first couple of pages, but as the issue continues, uh, you, you, that feeling doesn't go away, but no, it, it's, this is one of those books where I got to the end of the first issue and, and I need, I need the second now. I need to know where we're going from here. It it was, it was another, I mean, I obviously we're three for three so far, but yeah, I, I, I enjoyed the hell out of this. I think Braun was a fill-in on the boys for Derek Robinson. There is, there is definitely, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a really strong, I mean, it's a more streamlined, a tighter a clear, Derek Robinson. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, I, I, but I see that. it's the same school of, yeah, it's the same school of, of, of art for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm with you guys. This one was fun. I didn't know what to expect. And I liked, again, I'm a, I'm a real, uh, not, not to go all, one of the things I think that both Marvel and DC had an opportunity to do with their respective series of late is to, uh, there are no rules, right? I mean, this is a, this is a transient thing. Um, just have fun. Like, do whatever you want. Like, do something crazy. Like, let your mind go nuts. And, and, uh, I, I think this is a perfect example of that. Just, just telling a crazy story that has, you know, some tangential roots to old Marvel properties for sure, but, but it's just new and fun and a different genre than we usually get. You know, it's, uh, it's like right. Indiana Jones with that Garth Ennis, you know, kind of dickish kicker that he gives to his characters. Yeah. Uh, it's just, just fun. And it is, yeah. and, and as Jason said, old, old properties, it is, Carl is, is the, uh, the Phantom Eagle, which is, I, Phantom I, Eagle, I, know, right, yeah. I know I mentioned enemy A's before, but yeah, the, the Phantom Eagle is, is the hero of, of this particular series. Now, when they collect these into multiple omnibu, and being Marvel, you know they're gonna, there, there's definitely gonna be room on my shelves for it because I want them all so far. Well, minus one. <laughs> <laughs> all right, why don't you? Uh, it's back to you, Vince. Why don't you tell us your other favorite? You said you had two. The, this was tied for first, written by Sam Humphreys, illustrated by the great 
And that is not an understatement. Mark Lamming. Yeah. Color art by Jordan Boyd, uh, who we heard about last week from the, uh, as the colorist of Invisible Republic for, uh, Karina and Gabriel. It is Planet Hulk number one. Can I get a hell yes? Oh, yes. Sa- this book is savage and, and it's, it's in the rendering. If you look at that Lamming's work on here, he's, he's, at one, he's he's English, British, so he's tasteful, but he has an edge to him, and it's in the art. You could see it in the art. It's the art is very tastefully done, but it's a bunch of hulks. So he goes in, and and the line, really powerful line on this thing. I I think this is Mark's best work, but being Planet Hulk, I'm biased, right? Uh-huh. Okay. The opening scene it sets the entire tone for the issue. It it begins with. The denizens of Greenland. How funny is that? All of them are hulks of one shape, color, or gender, or another, and they literally fling shit at the Thor core. They they throw crap in flaming um, catapults of garbage and poop at the Thor core, which David said before are Doom's lackeys. Uh, hammers rain down. The hulks are temporarily smited, and then we're taken to the Kilisseum. I read that word, Achillesium, <laughs> and I swear I got a chubby. <laughs> yep. I swear it's it's so it's brilliant and it's obvious. Yeah, yeah. The Achillesium, yeah. more gladiatorial gladi- gladiatorial combat in the Great Planet Hulk tradition. It turns out their reigning champion is a man named the Captain, and he has a sidekick called Devil. The Captain being Steve Rogers. In full Planet Hulk regalia with the, the shield and the strip down. And Devil is none other than Dinosaur. Devil Dinosaur. Oh, oh my God. Uh, the dude in charge of the spectacle, um, we know him as Arcade. Really sharp design by Mr. Lamming on this, on that character. All the characters, but that one in particular. Arcade makes the mistake of getting it's a little bit too close to the captain. And the trap is sprung. Devil chomps down on both of them and holds them in his mouth out of reach of Arcade's goons while the captain kind of conducts an interrogation. He has one thing on his mind. He's got a singular vision. He wants to know where the hell is Bucky. Because Bucky's warbound. As Again, this is Planet Hulk. So Bucky is bound to the captain. Stuff happens and the captain is brought before Doom himself. Um, old Iron Undies serves the captain a, an offer, which he really can't refuse. I'll tell you where Bucky is, but you got to do something for me. Mm-hmm. I want you to waltz into Greenland, stir up some shit, destabilize the entire region by doing one thing, kill the Red King. Uh, by the way, the Red King has Bucky. <laughs> flawless. It's a flawless premise. It... it I, in terms of sheer joy, I, I cannot equate how, how, how much this, this really brought it, but first page, inside front cover, you get a map. Not inside front cover, but you, the first thing you see is a map of Greenland. When something has a map that directs you, like this is the entire sprawl of the environs of Greenland. We have the Baron of the Tribal Hulks. We have, it just, it makes the mind wander. Like, if it wasn't, if they, if they put it in the map, chances are really damn good we're gonna see it. 
So I look at this map and it's like, we are going to go places in this series. It's, it's beautifully drawn and just loaded with that. And it has devil friggin' dinosaur in it. He, Mark, Mark hinted that he was working on back, back before we knew about this. He hinted at something, um, that I would be very, very pleased with. And he didn't <laughs> lie. This is just, it's impeccable. I love the panel where Steve is screaming after winning. And then the next page, they've rained confetti down on him. And he's got his arms up. And he's like, ah, that's an amazing panel. And devil's screaming in the background. I could just imagine the the din, just the, the amount of noise these two are making. And the people screaming like, this is comics to me. If, the, the, if I had a steady diet of this, I would be very happy. And books like this. Okay, so... You have a. What did you think of the second story of the issue? (sighs) (laughs) Well, I mean, it pales in comparison to the first. Sure. But the the backup story is a tale of one Amadeus Cho who um, puts his Tony Stark hat on and does something a little bit beyond his means, beyond his reach, that he he shouldn't be going into these areas knowing the kind of damage these things can cause. Um, and, uh, I thought it was fun, but it, it's written by Greg Pak. So who knows Planet Hulk more than Greg Pak? But it's drawn by Takeshi Miyazawa, which is big doing. Right. I liked it. Uh, I don't want to call it a throwaway, but, but I mean, it, it, it kind of explains what you, just read the first half of the book. So right. it, it, it serves its purpose. Did, I would like... Did it really need to be explained? Right, and, and so I'm hoping I'm hoping that the second issue is just Steve in Greenland and not... Steve and Devil in Greenland and not... We don't get uh, two stories in the second issue. Right, right. Because that was one of the things... That was one of my problems with the MODOK issue was that the, the MODOK... That was, was the Battle one. World issue. Oh no, the Battle World, right? With um, the Punisher, right? Bonded with Strange. With Strange that that story was not long enough. No, it wasn't. It wasn't, and it just it just got you. The the first couple of pages were only there to get you to the last page of that story, anyway. Right, right. But and that now that I bring that up, it's a bit confusing. If Stephen Strange is Doom's right hand man, who is the character that's bound to the Punisher? But it doesn't, it probably doesn't really matter because these are all different. Right. But it should matter because there should, it, there should only be one Steve Rogers. Or are there more? There, there are, well, there I, are, there, there's going to be, isn't there a future imperfect Hulk? And there's a planet Hulk. Right. We're going right. to we have Inferno and we have, uh, we have, uh, Secret Wars Journal. And so considering that this is these, all these lands are in the same, Rough geographical location, meaning the planet Earth. They're just from different timelines and different universes. So these characters will run into each other. Possibly. Oh yes. yeah, well we've seen that. I mean, there's been a couple series where they're, they, they cross over in different worlds. Okay. The, uh. You haven't come is... across any of those yet? Not yet. Oh, because really? you didn't read Modoc Assassin. Or, all... or did, you, I guess you didn't also didn't read The Inhumans, Attila and Rasen? That's right. There's not. that one too. I read I that one not. this morning. Because you mean Adelan? I was going to say I, I read that one. <laughs> yes, Adelon. I read that one before I read uh, Planet Hulk. Not, 
Not making and it up. We got exposure to Greenland in uh, the Inhuman book, and uh, yeah. and I wish I had read Planet Hulk first because I had. I mean, I, I didn't really need to have the backstory, but it would have been a little easier to understand it. Okay, yeah, they're, they're, I didn't read them all yet. So I, I picked and, and chose. I mean, shit, it's been a week. The um... <sighs> <laughs> and and Lamming does a killer Doctor Doom. Holy crap! It is, and and he's pale. Well, he's he's, he, he's the the because he's so pale. He's the most obvious thing in all these scenes, and he doesn't have to have screaming green. To get your attention, he's he's almost washed yeah. out, which is really nice. I'm really enjoy- I wasn't sure how I was going to feel about it, but I am really enjoying Sheriff Strange. I I I, I, didn't, oh, uh-huh. I didn't think I would because right because he's like he's like he's not my Stephen Strange. He's not like he's not fucking Master of the Mystic Arts, the Sorcerer Supreme. But here he is. He's he's he is just uh, you know he's gone down on oh uh, off panel. <laughs> He definitely is. That's what Susie's for, bro. No! Hey, dude, take it back! <laughs> take it back! <laughs> That's what Valeria's for, dude. That is true. Oh my god. Dude, dude now we're NC-17. Oh, shit. And I think a little bit illegal. Oh, god. <laughs> she's she's up. smart. Shame on you. Both god. of you. Oh yeah, alright. Um, Sacred cow, okay. and I don't like referring to Susie as a cow, it's, uh, but yes, she is. Uh, Jason went second before, so I'll let him go second again. Well, I'm not done. Oh, my bad. <laughs> no, you guys did the last story. I thought we were done. All right. Oh, thank you, Mark. Ah, hardcover. I said thank you, Mark. Hardcover. We need a hardcover of this. Better be uh, there. True that. True that. Um, so let me see what, uh, I'm trying to think if I get one more to talk about, which one do I want it to be? Um, and what's funny is I think we all have the one that we're like, nah, son. And, and I know what's Jason's. I know what's Vince's. Yeah. And I know what's mine. And I don't know if we should even mention them. You know which one I really want to talk about. And I know it's going to piss him off. Right. That's what I'm saying though. So we all have one. That, so the one you want to talk about and that I didn't, I didn't mind, Jason disliked. Well, <laughs> can I go on my second that I liked or are we going to forget that? Go for it, do it, do it, do it. I've been waiting for this. Before, before you get me fired up. Because <laughs> now you got me thinking about Convergence 8 and now you want me to go on a rant. <laughs> Please don't mention that. Don't. Because he's going to get overclamped. Yeah. For those that don't, I don't know if you, I, <laughs> We got in a lot of spirited discussion about Convergence Eight amongst ourselves uh, late last week, and uh, <laughs> it's probably better for us all that I wasn't on and we didn't discuss it because I think we all had fairly strong <laughs> disagreements about the whole thing. Yeah. Um, uh, well, no, I, I'll just I'll just let me jump into um, let me just jump into to uh inhumans uh at Adelon at Attilan, whatever the fuck it's called. Uh <laughs> rising number one. Um here's the big thing about this one. I have at full disclosure, uh I have been a fairly staunch critic of Mr. Charles Soul. That's true. Uh I have certainly not portrayed him in the best light when uh when his name comes up. And so in the 
interest of fairness, I would be remiss not to say, uh, with complete, uh, candor that I thought this was one of the best of the bunch story-wise that I read so far. Cause it's written by Charles. So I tip Good my idea. cap to the man. Um, and I have been told many times, cause I have not read a bunch of the stuff he's done. That, who was that? Was it that? Not me. I, I don't burp on my Oh my god, no, he just, yeah, I don't. Excuse me. <laughs> well, either way. Uh, but, but I, I've been told repeatedly that, that Charles has written a lot of good stuff that I just haven't read and, um, that may in fact be the case. Uh, I guess it's possible that everything that I've read of his is his not so good stuff and that all the stuff I haven't read is his good stuff. I guess that's possible. But I will say that this is definitely something uh, that I really enjoyed. Um, again, it's Inhumans, uh, Adelon Rising, Part 1, The Voice Unheard. Uh, and it's uh, by a, a, an art team that I'm not familiar with either. It's um, pencils by John Timms and inks by Roberto Poggi. Um, so uh, it's an interesting thing here because I would generally consider myself an Inhumans fan. I even have a jam piece of the Inhumans, royal family. Um, but that said, I would be lying if I didn't feel like the push Marvel has made in the last year or two to giving larger importance to the Inhumans hasn't fallen flat for me. Um, it just, I thought I would love it. It just hasn't really worked for me. Um, so I didn't know what to expect with this one, but, uh, this was a lot of fun and, one of the cool things is it starts us off in Greenland, Vince, to your point. The oh, Domain nice. of the Hulks. And we are introduced to four characters. Um, uh, a, a ghost rider, but it's the 50s gangster ghost rider. Um, a gray um, character named Mega Red, who has yellow, almost cybernetic sensors all over his body. And we come to find out that he is in somehow, some way, I don't know if it's artificial or whatever, but he is essentially described as a, a guy who possesses the powers of both Hulks, which is interesting because they don't really quite get into that, what that means. Uh, there is, uh, and then Flint and Naja, who are um, uh, inhumans, and they jump into Greenland with a serum that um, allows the raging hulks the rampaging hulks to get their minds back and uh what we quickly find out is essentially this group is called the voice unheard and they are like the a-team of Battleworld. they're going around trying to fix all the things that are screwed up about Battleworld, whether it be giving the hulks their minds back or uh you know eradicating monsters from another thing or you know rescuing some group from another type of thing they're just they're fixers they're trying to almost like a gorilla group of, of revolutionaries trying to trying to fix the problems that they can fix amongst the broader problem of, of God Emperor Doom. And as a result, uh, God Emperor Doom and the Thor Corps are are view them as public enemy number one. And they're they're always on they're always on the lookout for these guys. And uh, they they successfully have found a way to uh, be in hiding. But uh, in any event uh, Doom shows up and he goes to see uh, Medusa, who is the queen of this domain. And he basically says, look, uh, you need to find these people and you need to torture them and you need to figure out what's going on because uh, I, that's why I made you regent of this world because you are a queen and uh, you should have the aptitude to do this. And if you do, cool. 
If you don't, I'm going to bring somebody else in and uh, you're out. So she and the inhuman, uh, the inhumans that are under her control set out to torture the ghost rider who is captured and then have him tell them the whereabouts of the other, uh, of the other rebellious inhumans. And that's, uh, that's kind of the setup, but it's, uh, it's, it's just a lot of fun and the art is wonderful. I, 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 again, I didn't know this guys before this, but I think the art looks phenomenal. I think they, they do a, a terrific Medusa. I think they do an amazing Emperor God Doom. Um, their, their imaginations of the, uh, inhuman royal family are pretty cool. Karnak has got, it's not explicitly said as much, but it almost seems like Karnak is, uh, is blind because his green helmet actually covers his eyes at this point. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's just, it's, it's, we get a mix of, of, of familiar inhumans as well as new inhumans. And, uh, and, you know, they're essentially, as you can imagine, now faced with the, the issue of, um, fending off the, the big boys who have come looking for them. So, uh, I, again, I just have to tip my cap to soul. Uh, it was a, a an action packed story. And the, the great thing is, is, is essentially Medusa, um, isn't getting as far in her interrogation as she wants. So she sends her number one right hand woman, um, to a place called the quiet room, which is this strange building in the middle of grand central station. And, uh, the, her, her aide de camp's name is Auron, A-U-R-A-N. And we're only introduced to Auron for most of the book as, uh, you can tell she's female, but she's wearing a black cloak. So you don't really get to see her. And she's sent by Medusa to the quiet room to, uh, to, to handle some business. And she walks into the quiet room and it's all these, these costumed figures in tuxedos hanging out and, uh, the arch where she walks in, it's like almost like a 1920 speakeasy type of place. The arch that she walks in, you look and it's the, it's, it's Black Pult's, uh, tuning fork as, you know, a, a symbol. And then Auron pulls her, her hood back and she's this super sexy looking, uh, yellow inhuman, but she's got gigantic, uh, almost bat-like ears. And, you know, again, it's what a great name for a character that can have super hearing, right? Auron. So she's been sent there essentially to gather information. And who do we see the behind the bar, tending bar? Black Agar. Oh, I thought it was Alice Cooper. Well, dressed, Alice Cooper dressed as Black Agar. And, uh, he's talking. So something about this room allows him to speak. And, uh, what? And that's, yeah. 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 It's a quiet room. Is it, is, is it, is it like a pocket dimension or something? Well, that's the thing. Don't know. It's, it's not a quiet clear. room. And, and I, I'm thinking it's in the clues in the name in that case. I, the, the tuning fork is a nice touch, but I, I definitely think the quiet room has something to do with that. Um, yeah, for sure. Yeah. It, See, when you say quiet room, I think Alice Cooper automatically, but Gordy knows why. Does, but that's neither here nor there. Does the, uh, I don't know if you have the issue open, Jason. Does the guy behind Black Agar's right shoulder look familiar? Uh, you mean it looks kind of like Wolverine? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah cause there's, Cause there's a... Cause that's uh, supposed to be Captain Britain in the other page, right? There, that, that looks like Captain Britain at, uh, that looks like, um, not Ram and Tud, but I, at, at the, uh, at the door by, uh, as, as Oran's walking through Grand Central, that, that looks like Beast. Um, 
so yeah, again, it's a mix uh-huh. of of uh inhumans and and mutants. Um but there is Yeah. There's there's a lot of um like black bolt symbolism in the quiet room. So maybe the quiet room isn't necessarily a physical place. It could be you know. No, I think it's a place. It's inside a Grand Central Station. It's a yeah. it's a it's a uh, like a square building inside a Grand Central. And again, it's a club, and it's pretty clear that there's a treaty within the club. Um, you know, for those of you that saw John Wick, it yeah. struck me as the as the hotel where all the assassins yeah. stay, and they're not allowed to mess with each other while they're there. Um, so it's it's a place where people go, I think, to negotiate because it's there's a, a it's again it's a treaty there where you can't you can't fuck with other people, and uh, she is sent there to speak to uh, Black Bolt about something. Well, she's and, she uh, is sent to uh, to to so she could see. What Medusa says, see what you hear, and obviously, right, right, her right. powers. But yeah, it's so it, she's basically there. She's sent there as a spy to, to eavesdrop on. I, I took it to be eavesdrop on other conversations, so you could get as much information as uh, because even though during the interrogation, uh, the the interrogates her only picked up the quiet room from uh, from G Man. Uh, once he says the quiet room to Medusa, she, she, uh, she then goes into action. So she's aware of this place, even if, uh, not too many people are. And if you are familiar with Grand Central at all, you, you, when, when you see the quiet room, you know exactly where it is on the main floor, away from the info booth by the ticket window. I mean, I know exactly where, where this, this place is, but yes. it, I mean, Grand Central is one of Agreed. my favorite places in the city, but, uh, it is a, um, it's, I, I thought it was a great page. I, I, my only, and, and by the way, Black Bolt's not, I mean, she may be sent, she may have been sent there to spy, but Black Bolt's not trying to, he figure, I mean, he yes. comes right out and calls her on it. I mean, there's no, like, she's not pulling off the spy gig. He's like, all right. <laughs> Definitely He's not. Like, what are you, what are you doing? Here? But, uh, yeah, but I, I, and I have to say, I mean, uh, again, um, because of my prior experience of the soul, this was a pleasant surprise on the writing front. But then also, uh, it's rare. I feel like when I never have heard of an artist before, they get a Marvel book, and That's true. I, I didn't know this team. And, and I, I think they had good chops. I don't know what you thought of the art, but I thought the art looked terrific. I did too. I, I yeah. was I was quite happy with it. There's there's a um, not as not as severe or exaggerated Joe Mad vibe. There's a um, it's it's a lot more. Yeah, that's um, fair. That's fair. Ra- I mean, but in, in that regard. Yeah, I was going to say. I mean, I, I write like the facial features and stuff for sure. But right, but the body types are a little more uh, old schoolish. It's yeah, it's just mean, a little it, more it, tied into the, the 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 expressions, the the way um, they they told the story. Very well. It, it was nothing about this was really by the numbers. The 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 angles, the way uh, the, the the camera angles, the, the the cut to different scenes. I thought from going panel to panel really worked because I, I I think the artist and the writer I thought worked really well together because it wasn't you weren't hit over the head with um, just because you saw something in a panel. Sewell didn't have to write what was going on in that panel. It, 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 they worked very, very well together. I was, um, and, and like you, I'm not familiar with the art, with the art team at all. Uh, but it, it looks fantastic. It didn't look 
like anything else we really talked about tonight, but like, like you don't have as many panels per page as you do have on, uh, on the Weaver stuff on Infinity Gauntlet, but it's, um, it's still, you, you hit the ground running. You don't know what to expect here. And, uh, I was, yeah, no, like you, I was, I was pleasantly surprised. I, I was quite happy about it. The only, um, I think there were some things that were a little off on the editing part of things. Cause, cause they say I, I had to kind of do it flip back and forth a little bit because when they mentioned Mega Rat in the beginning and then towards the end, there's, there's a hyphen there, but then G-Man said there were just, there were just little mistakes like that. And, and when, and when they're talking to somebody who goes by the name of Murdoch, it's spelled CH and not CK. And, and so I don't know if that was intentional or if again, if that was just a little bit of a slip up, but I, I think that, uh, the opening battle where, um, where Flint is, is talking to Megarad and he says, you're both Hulks. I don't, I didn't take that to mean that Megarad has the power of, of two Hulks, but that the sand Hulk that they were fighting, he was saying, well, you guys are both, you guys are the same species. You should be able to, you, you guys can talk this out so we don't have to fight. Right. That, that's how I took that oh. whole conversation. Oh, you, you guys right. are both. Yeah, you guys no, are both. That, that makes sense. So, that makes sense. Because it's, <laughs> yeah, I could have done that off air. Uh, <laughs> so, um, the, uh, calling them out. Right? The, uh, but no, and, and like Jason said though, with those badges, because as, um, and I don't, and because I haven't been reading souls and humans, the souls and human stuff, I don't know if any of these characters are, if we've seen them in, sense in humanity or anything like that. So I, I don't know if these are new for this or if they've been around, but um during the fight, the badge yeah, is totally right by the way. Okay. Uh because well, cause he's like, these things are tough. I'm gonna need you and then the other dude's like, You're both Hulks, right? Can't you just talk them down? <laughs> so yeah, I totally misinterpreted that. <laughs> but the uh but Mega Red, the, the badges as the fight's going on with, with, with the Hulk is, um, they're changing colors. They're going from, from, basically from, from, from gold or yellow to red. And at, um, at one point, G-Man or, or Ghost Rider, he, he basically says, listen, you can take like maybe a punch or two, but, but you're, if you look at your sensors, you're, you're pretty much done. So I don't know. Did he say that, uh, you're going to, uh, you, before you shift back. So I, and again, those to Jason's point, we know nothing about Megara. We don't know what the hell shift back means. You know, is, is he going to go human? Is he going to get just the weak? Does he turn into a fetus? Oh, I don't know. We're going to yeah, hopefully we'll find it. But this was another book where, especially with that last page, when we see Blackagar, I, I want to know. I, I, there have been hardly any Battle World Secret Wars tie ins where I've, I've, I finished the issue and I'm like, all right, well, eventually I'll go back to that little part of the map. I, I want to read the next chapter uh, for a lot of these books so far, and that's not including anything that started this week, just the ones I've read so far. I, I, I want the second issue, and, and and this is another one of those issues. Jason, I had a, I giggled inside when you said uh, new Inhumans. How, isn't that fitting? Because like the Inhumans are being groomed as, as Marvel. Moved, yeah. As the mutants, and when he said yeah. two inhumans, yeah. I was just like, "Damn, that's right on the mark." No, you're, yeah, that's true, it's true. Yeah. All right, David. All right, I think you, we, no, David's got one more coming, and then we can talk about the ones we didn't like. 
since you did say humans, and I, I did read that one, and that was one of mine that that, that were on my uh, good list. Um, shit. The other one that I was hoping that uh, Vince would have read and didn't, especially with that cover, uh, is Modok Assassin, number one. I read, I read half of it. I read half of it. No, you read Battleworld. Um, yes, I did read Battleworld. How did you read well, Modok Assassin? Because Assassin, that was a whole, that, that was all one issue. Well, I didn't finish oh, it. Oh, all right. Yeah. This one, Yost, if, if Amal you, uh, yes. Um, or Chris Yost, rather, sorry. Chris Yost, sorry. Christopher Yost, uh, Emil Carpina, and who is also an anchor along with Terry Pallett, who inks a lot of, um, son of a bitch, I just had it. I, th- I saw his, uh, I saw his name on some of the convergence tie-ins. Um, so Pallett is, is, is an anchor who I've, I've seen around. I, I like the work. The, um, Modoc Assassin, if you, if you kind of, if you're very limited as to what Secret Wars tie-ins, you can get and and you want to know as much as possible about this whole thing. I think this would be an issue to get because as Modok is going through the story, he's telling you about what's going on East Coast South, just everything that's going on in Battle World. Modok is is kind of your um, eyes and ears and and big head. He he, you get a. Um, you're right. I think you're right about. What you just said. I think that's, that's a good assessment of that. Um, you know, he breaks down who, who Doom is, who Doom's cops are, um, and, and who he is. And, and it, I mean, it, it's in the title, Modoc Assassin, and, and he is, um, there's a whole, uh, I thought it was a very interesting take on Otto in, in the beginning of this book, but, uh, there, there's a showdown between Modoc and Bullseye, um, I still haven't read, and and you can flog me later, but I still haven't read, um, supervillain team up, Modox Eleven. So oh, I don't know. God if, damn it! I know. I know. It's great. No matter with you. I know. Uh, I so is is Modox inner monologue is his narration similar to what Van Linty did with with that book, with the whole no. um, his his uh. As he's speaking and, and, but being sarcastic about like, you know, dismembering or killing or, cause I, I've seen it before and I don't remember seeing it in Secret Avengers. So I'm just trying to sh- figure out if, if where Yost, um, uh, you know, I don't recall it being quite like this. It, n- not as overt okay. as this okay. where, where right. he, he, he basically answers himself right. after every time he says something. That's, but it's, and it's okay. in, it's in more digital type. Yes. So it's look, it's kind of like the, the human or what was human. And his, his, and his, yeah, they're, they're, they're at odds or not at odds, but they, they reinforce each other. It's kind of cool. It is. No, and and it it works and and it, it, it plays into his sense of humor, if you want to call it that. But we're, we're, um, we're introduced to, uh, Baron Mordo and, and Clea. Yeah, Uh, Clea. And, and, uh, that is a, that's an interesting conversation, but there's a whole assassin's guild. And then after, um, Modoc and, uh, Mordo part ways after their conversation, Modoc's driving his little hot rod through, uh, through Killville and, uh, base and, and lets everybody know as, as you're reading it that, uh, 
the people here, the humans here are basically just, I mean, they're, they're, they're fodder. They're, 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 they live to die. They're, they're here so that they, uh, they probably won't, um, make it through everything that, that that's going on. But as he's driving through, he, he lets you know that, uh, the, uh, house of M, the, the, that's handling, uh, the West coast, um, and, and of course the Sentinels, um, as their, their guard dogs, you have, uh, there's the, this, the, the city that's drowning in, uh, temporal stupidity is to the south, um, which is actually 2099 because it says the, uh, despite their inability to use calendars, the future cattle of 2099 know better than to infringe on my territory, um, Oh Jesus, I didn't see the last page. Keep going. Okay. And uh and to the east is the um I'm sorry, House of M is, is out west. To the east you have the Sentinels and they're um they're making sure that the mutants don't uh pass through. But um there's one mutant who does make it through the land of the Sentinels and uh and to Killville and Modoc interferes but there's an awesome conversation after that where um it's not much of a conversation, but this mutant thanks Modoc, which was kind of a mistake. And then thankfully this mutant is is met with his end because it's it's a mutant I don't particularly care for. So that that happens. <laughs> uh and um More and, really. and, and the last page, yes, that, that Vince absolutely uh just is is in love with is is a fallen member of the Thor Corps. And uh and I, I think that that's rather fitting side as well. With some, yeah, with a little bit of, yeah, Seriously. with, 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 with uh, that going on and, and, uh, and now, um, she's a spy. Modoc is, uh, is smitten. So. Who wouldn't be? And, and, and the second issue cover looks pretty fun too. It's very, um, manga-esque, but it's a, uh, but it, this was, this I thought was, it was a, a, a clever, I, I chuckled. At more than a few times reading it it's uh but it, it it lets you know you know without without having to read maps without having to to study where everybody is um modok just kind of sums it up for you in a few panels and and this is you know this is kind of what you need to know and because I, I it it is getting back to what jason said briefly about you know how the two companies the, the, the two publishers took different approaches um now I read a bunch of convergence tie-ins and a few of them were titled Superman, whether they were Ventures of or Man of Steel or, or action comics, but they, they all had a Superman. Well, Man of Steel didn't, but they all had a Superman in them, but they were different Supermans of, of, of different Superman. eras. Uh, but here you have, you know, you have 2099, which would be a completely different time zone but it's in another region just south of killville and and i mean for them to for you to be in the year 2099 and and get past the shield and the deadlands and and end up in another area it's just it's so crazy but it's it's what makes comics fun but it it and but it's another way to show that you know yes you can have multiple versions of strange or wolverine or because you you have wolverine showing up in secret wars journal and also in Old Man Logan, which is another future tale. So it's, but I mean, it, these are the things that I'm enjoying about 
this whole event because you could have the Secret Wars main series. You could be reading that and just enjoy that, or you could have quite a bit of fun. And and again, and they're also not limited to just two issues because they're not trying to do this over the course of of two months of of, of eight weeks. So. Um, there's definitely some room to mess around with. They, they, they have some breathing room to, uh, some padding to tell their story with. Not, not padding, cause it, that makes sound like there's an issue or two of filler, but there's just, they, there's some elbow room there and, and they're not limited to, okay, we only have two issues to tell this and the first issue is all going to end the same way with a dome opening up. Um, but I thought Moda, I thought this was a, a, a really, I, Modoc isn't exactly, when I think of a character that, you know, oh, I gotta read that latest issue of Modoc, whatever. I, I've enjoyed him in Secret Avengers. I've enjoyed him in, um, in, in the, uh, the, um, the Loeb McGinnis Red Hulk storylines. And I, I, I do enjoy Modoc, but as far as, you know, being, being the guy carrying the book, that's not something that, um, I ever thought I'd be really happy to read, but I was really happy reading this. Yeah, I would say that, uh, two things. One, I, I, I'm with you. I really, I did enjoy the book. Um, the way I would describe Modoc to people that haven't read this is to, they, I kind of felt like they portrayed him like he had Tourette's. You know, like mm-hmm. he would speak and then every now and then be like, you know, just insert some random word pertaining to like killing or destroy or, or, or calling someone an idiot. Like it was almost like he couldn't help himself. And it just, I, I read like a cadence of someone that has Tourette's where they just shout shit out in the middle of, of, of a stream of thought without having any control over it, which was funny. I think it's very funny. Um, the, the one thing I will say, which why maybe this wasn't at the very top of my stack is I, 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 if I'm being fair, I, I thought, I thought Pina's art was inconsistent. There, there are pages like, in the final page where we where we have the reveal that would make Vince plots that I thought drawn really well, but then like some of the figure work and some of the the dimensions. Well, the first or some, page, yeah, yeah, With some Susan. of the angles I think are uneven at times. But but again, not I, not in a, a bad way. I, not to say it's bad art, but I, I just I thought it lacked some consistency. The line work that uh, that kept me from like gushing over the art. But uh, I mean, but if you're terms, just Go if you're just drawing Modoc, then yeah, you can get a little crazy and and wacky. But if you're drawing Modoc with a few pages or, 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 or sequential panels with, with, with regular folk, then, then there should be some consistency there. Yeah. See, I don't think the art went far enough because Modoc essentially is a very silly character. Yes. But then it's look, a giant freaking head. There's, there's right? a page with Banger Mortal where he's got like a full head of hair at the top panel, a widow's peak as the panels progress in the middle. And then he's almost, the, the the head looks completely different on on the bottom on the bottom row of panels. Right. I guess what I mean is, as it didn't go far enough, it should be more exaggerated. Like Modoc. Yes. Yes. When when Modoc is in the car, he had every opportunity to go absolutely insane, like Big Daddy Ross style, yes. gigantic. Like even With though the big it, gear it, shift. Oh, right, right, a gigantic right, right, right. gear shift. Yeah. Even though it didn't make sense, it, this this whole un, this universe of this, sure. uh, the reality within this comic is silly. So, like, push it, you know. Why in the beginning when when Bullseye gets him like almost French Connection style and slices his nose, like have him go through the book with a bandaid on his nose or something. Like, just make it super silly because it's Modoc. We're not talking Doom. We're talking a giant head in a chair. Mm-hmm. So I, I just would have liked to see, like, on both sides, the narrative and the art, just pushed 
and and the the double page splash with bullseye and modok throws the weapons at him like the bomb with the the the, the shark okay, bomb yeah. and like yeah. there, there's so many things he could have done in that panel and there's an anvil you get an, there's an anvil I, I know an anvil a, a bomb that says boom on it and a ray gun it's like the, he could have gone absolutely freaking insane right. with this you're right i can't disagree i i I, everything you're saying about the art, I, I can't, I can't dispute. As far as explaining things, I, I thought that uh, I thought Yost did a, a fine job in that regard. Yeah, agreed. And, and I'm not, I'm not dumping on the art here. I think the art's nice, but it, but it could have been much all that better if they just like if he just reached a little bit, little bit more, and just made. Just crazy shenanigans. Anything's possible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, you want to talk about the book that you guys loved that I didn't? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Yes, indeedy. Go ahead. Uh, you're adorable. Well, it just it doesn't happen often. But especially with this character. Yes. This is oh, the, oh, the point oh, I was crawling to. Um <laughs> it, but we were definitely at odds with this book. Um, David and I. I think it was the cover. Magically, I think it was from the cover on at that point. Once, once Jason saw who the cover artist was, he tuned out. That didn't the, help. The, <laughs> the thing that got me was the actual toy cover was great. The the action figure cover was great. Um, and the Nicholas uh, Gazin run the jewels cover. I love it. Uh, even Dan Panoshian did a fan. Not even Dan, but. In addition to those, Dan Panoshian did a great cover with uh, Deadpool on the Subway. Have you seen that one? I did. Yes. Like, yes. Mm-hmm. That was awesome. Man, so good. But anyway, the book we're talking about, written by Cullen Bunn, uh, art by Matteo Lally, Ruth Redman colored it. It's, it's <laughs> Deadpool's Secret Secret Wars, number one. Jason wasn't having it. <laughs> He just wasn't. As I'm reading this, I was thinking to myself, as I was reading this, I'm thinking, Jason is going absolutely apeshit. This is brilliant. I'm loving this. It's Deadpool actually inserted into the original Secret Wars continuity. Meaning, from 1984, meaning warts and all. All of the highs and lows of the approach and execution of that series are evident on these pages. When when you had the double page splash in the beginning where the exposition is like diarrhea. The there are just words everywhere. Well, I, I said Cullen was channeling Jim Shooter during this. This was oh, yeah. all. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Deadpool questions some of the actual plot points like why are you you were in a wheelchair early on (laughs) what's the deal um deadpool gets to jump on kang and kicks him in the balls that to me is a win it's just he's he's the the typical deadpool but he's he's actually questioning all of the events in the seer in the issue and he's trying to, to to squelch that Deadpool need to cut and kill and maim and eviscerate because that is not who these the characters he's saddled with in this situation that's not what they do you know they find a way not to kill 
and I just thought, I just thought it was a lot of fun. The colors are are by and large flat as they were back in the day, um, and it just it's it's a what if Deadpool was with the Marvel heroes in the original Secret Wars continuity. I thought it was fun. Jason? Uh, yeah, I didn't. <laughs> I, mean, I, don't, I don't know what to say. Look, here's what I'll say. I, I What I said was, uh, I, I understand what they're going for, and it clearly worked for many people, yourselves included. Uh, they Exactly, they were basically saying, let's recreate the 1984 comic and have as though Deadpool actually was in it. And uh, I get the conceit of it, but all I'll say is, having recently reread Secret Wars for... I, we never actually recorded the episode, but we were planning on doing a deep dive on it. Um, it's the Secret Wars was not a good comic. Uh, it, it, it was, it was. I love it because when it came out, it meant so much to me, and 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 I have such nostalgia for it. But it's it's overwrought. It's it's wordy. It's it's nonsensical at, at every page. It's it just a, a, a twenty. You know, thirty years later, I I I, I see it for the for the the blatant marketing ploy that it was back then. And, uh, I just don't think it held up out, outside of my own nostalgia for it. So to, to have essentially that recreated to me is neither, um, enjoyable nor all that impressive. I, I don't know. So, um, uh, and, and what we didn't talk about, and if I'm being truthful is I, I wasn't feeling Lolly's art. Uh, I, I, I thought it was too flat, and again, I, I, I suspect it's because he was going for that look to evoke the the '84 series. But, but a, a, again, it isn't '84, so it just didn't it just didn't work for me. I guess this felt like a, an attempt at at recreating something that probably shouldn't have been recreated. Kind of like uh, I don't know, like uh, rebooting the Partridge Family or something. It's like probably wouldn't work in 2015. <laughs> I think not drawing um, in the Zek mold would have broke character. Dude, please don't compare this to Zek. Please don't. No, I'm just saying the oh, line work is, is, is in tandem with what Zek did. It, he's not Mike Zek. I was going to say, but, it's, it's, it's an homage to Zek, but it's, it, yeah, yes. it's, I, I, you know, I, 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 to me, people can't fuck with Mike Zek. So you, you are Mike Zek or you are not, and he is most certainly not. Right, but the point I was making was when you said it's not '84 to draw like, but then if he didn't, then the, the it would have been like an actor breaking character sure. because it's the whole concept. And, and as a longtime Deadpool fan, and this is going to sound ridiculous, but I cannot stand Deadpool without his mask on. <laughs> the scars <laughs> repulse me. I, I, it just it just repulses me. I, I don't, I. I I like the idea of him being scarred because it lends to who his character is, but I do not like to see it. Um, it's a huge, you know, visual turnoff for me. And uh, Salt Peter, it is, man. So, <laughs> so I can't have that. I don't, I don't like it. I want, I want, I want Wade to have his mask on twenty four seven. I thought it was cool when when the absorbing man yeah. grabbed his face. That was cool. He's like, get it off me. Yeah. Yeah. You get look, this wasn't bad. I mean, look, it, objectively, this wasn't a bad comic, and it does exactly what I think Cullen ex- attempted it to do. But uh, I just, uh, you know, I'm a fickle bitch when it comes to Deadpool, man. I, I, true. It's very it's true. true. You know, that is very, very true. <laughs> I, for as much as I'm known by many people as a huge Deadpool fan, I, I hate as much Deadpool comics as I like. I, I, I 
to me, there's a because he's a humor character, you and humor is so much more subjective. A lot of times, I'm repulsed by the way people choose to write Deadpool. My my my. So, but I'm glad y'all dug it. Yeah, I thought it was good. Good. I have two stinkers. All right. One, um, I couldn't even make it through. Wow. <laughs> I, I, I bottomed <laughs> out about bottomed out about ten pages into Damn. it, and I'm like, this is a total affront okay. to, to to everything. Um, <laughs> I I guess I should be specific. I I really did not like Old Man Logan number one. Is that the one you didn't get through? Yeah. Yeah. I got about 10 pages into it and it was just like it too photo refed, too, too, fil- too much filters. The everything is posed and by the numbers, uh, I, I just, I didn't like it at all. I, I find there's nothing redeeming about Old Man Logan number one to me. Usually I can find one little nugget in a big pile of poop. I'll keep searching. You maybe know me. People who, who've listened to the show know I can find the good in just about everything. I can't find any good in Old Man Logan number one. None. From the story, the art, the coloring, just everything. Just, it's an affront to my eyes. I hate to say that, but it's, and, and not, and it's, it's ironic that my number two was written by the same man. <laughs> I, I thought Ultimate End was a huge stinker. I don't think it was a uh, huge stinker, but I didn't, I didn't love it. I will say this, the difference between Ultimate End number one and Old Man Logan number one, I thought the visual team on Ultimate End did a fine job. Agreed. I, I, I haven't seen Bagley look this good in quite a while. Uh, could be Scott Hanna, could be just Mark, you know, saying goodbye to the universe that he, you know, pretty much made with ultimate spider-man um the thing about ultimate end it's way too jokey there's way too many one-liners um you're facing the end of everything and you're taking time to quip with each other like trade quips i I thought the Groot as thor was kind of cool but but the whole thing was tedious it was like quip 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 action quip 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 little bit of action more quips Tiny little bit of action. It's like you get the idea. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm just not continuing this. I, I won't read any more of it. And it's sad because Bagley and, and Hannah are, are smoking on this. I thought. Uh, I didn't read Ultimate End, so I can't speak to that. Um, and you know, Andrea Sorrentino is an interesting cat to me because uh, I feel like I've he's had this style for a while now and. There have been issues where he's used this style, which I have enjoyed. Green Arrow. What's that? Like on Green Arrow. Exactly. And then there are other times when I'm just completely turned off to it. And I I didn't hate this like you did. I I, I thought it was okay. I, I wouldn't say the art blew me away. It definitely isn't my preference. I, I would I would rather have seen it in another style, but uh but I enjoyed the Old Man Logan original series a lot, uh, I think more than you guys. And uh, this felt like a very fitting component to that world to me. So, uh, and, and I really liked the way it ended. I, I liked the setup of, uh, you know, to, to your point, Vince, about these worlds all being on part of the same tapestry. 
I mean, Logan comes to that conclusion. He's climbing the wall. He's he's going to the next land over. Um, yeah. So, I uh, I wouldn't say again. It wasn't. It wouldn't read as one of my top books of the bunch. But but I uh, I I didn't hate it. I, I thought it was kind of just middle of the pack, and I'm I definitely enough to to keep me coming back for the second issue. So. And yeah, I I didn't. Um, I was able to finish it. Um. The first issue, I, I thought. resounding endorsement. I, I thought that the, well, I mean, compared to Vince, um, <laughs> and because I, yeah, I, I did. Like not, I didn't throw up in my mouth as I was reading it. Not, not as much as I expected, not, not as much as I was reading, I was reading the original Logan, but the, uh, <laughs> mm. um, you hate Mark Miller so much. I, so much, so much. <laughs> the, uh, no, there, there were definitely, especially early on when, uh, the scene in, inside the, uh, after the poker game, I thought some of those panels were just, that was, I don't know what the hell was really going on or what the point of that was. There's a lot of black and some small panels and there's a foot and it was just, I just couldn't, let's just get past this and, and get this fucking story. You're like, there's uh, a foot, there's an ass, there's an ear, I don't know. I don't know, there's a claw, okay. great story. Yeah, maybe they're playing Twister. Uh, but, um, and then there were the cute little nods and, and the Easter eggs and, oh, it's, it's Danny, Daniel Cage and, and, you know, so there were some neat things, but, uh, yes, seeing him climb the wall at the end was, um, was an interesting finish to the issue. And, and, uh, I do would, li- I would like to see where it goes from there. Um, the, I like who his adopted daughter is too. Yes. Um, and because I didn't finish. Old man Logan, you know, I didn't know about the, the, the baby. So, um, baby. That, that was neat to see. Ultimate end was, I, I thought the art was good and, and there were some things that, um, there were some conversations between the 616 and the 1610 that I was like, well, then I'm, I must have missed something because between the two and a half issues of Secret Wars I read and the, um, the really not anything on the ultimate side of things that I read while Hickman's Avengers work was going on. I, I seem to be, I'm not in on all the joke that, that, that Bendis is telling here. So, um, I'll just take, anyone- I'll just take everybody's word for it that this Tony is not as big as a dick as the other Tony and this Tony would have probably kept himself in check from poking this hole in time. So I'm just like, all right, this is cool. What, whatever. So we're not, uh, I'll read it and maybe it'll all, um, land, but it, 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 it was, it, it was pretty. And there was a serpent society appearance and, um, well, pardon me. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Oh, snap. Yeah, I know. Uh, Alright, well, shit's cloak, unchanged. Cloak and, cloak and dagger, too. <laughs> yes, cloak and dagger, yes. Mm, uh, I'm on it. And, and, uh. Best book of the bunch. No, it looks great. That's <laughs> it, this is the, as the winner. Um, the one that I was not happy with, the one that hit me art-wise, like Old Man Logan hit Vince, was, uh, Secret Wars 2099. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. That, uh, I, I'm a big Peter David fan. I, I uh, Spider-Man 2099 is one of my favorite, uh, series from back in the day. I have really, I haven't really revisited that as much as I've 
maybe read his uh his X reread his X Factor stuff, but um I'm I'm cool with him writing stories based in this in this world. Um unfortunately there isn't there is no Spider Man twenty ninety nine in this story. There is a Miguel. Um but this is a uh this is a New York it says of the near future of twenty ninety nine uh, where mega corporations control not only the citizens, but the Avengers as well. And the Avengers, um, consists of Iron Man, Hercules, who seems to be the Hercules we're, we're familiar with, the Prince of Power, mm-hmm. uh, a Captain America, and, um, I am not sure who this angel looking, uh, feathery dude is, but, um, it's, uh, I liked the story. I did not like the art at at all. Really, it's um there there there's some nice backgrounds here and there, but uh, when it comes to the characters, the figures, the 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 fight scenes, just the the drawings of the especially Black Widow when she shows up and and starts trying to claw and slice the dude away, it it, it did not where people's faces are just not um not attractive. I, I just I was not impressed art wise um at all. I mean people are there are people, their characters in panels and, and you know there are word balloons attached to them so you can the story progresses that way, but it's not it's not pretty at all. And and to get the sense that you know she goes from cap Captain America to Roberta, um, by taking her helmet off and, and doing the Undertaker with her eyes thing. It, it, I just, <laughs> I'm like, okay. And, and oh, she has a family and she doesn't know she's Captain America. And, and, and she, and, and all of a sudden, you know, you turn the page and there's this woman smiling who looks nothing like the woman you've just seen on the past two pages. I, maybe she's jacked up on the venom. It's all because she went from Ronda Rousey to, 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 Fucking page. It was just, yeah. I, I don't know yeah. what's so, um, and Miguel's swinging some, some apple cider with, with Hercules because he's, and I don't know what the hell happened to, oh, all right. That was just, never mind. I thought, and Michael Jackson was really weird. <laughs> you know, I was wondering what the hell happened to Hercules' nose, but it, yes, I, I, I'm guessing that that's a little person that comes out of Iron Man's armor. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I, it it just because of the rest of the it's art. Peter Parker's old hoe. Who Roberta? Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, no, no. Who's the one he's banging? The oh, that's Marine? funny. That's funny because it's a midget. That's <laughs> good. Ah, uh, that is not. Uh, little, little people everywhere. <laughs> little people everywhere. But it's, but I'm like, there goes, there goes that demographic of our listeners. That, that is funny. But because of the art throughout the rest of the issue, the, just the angles and stuff, I don't know if I was supposed to really see, oh, that's a, that's a dwarf and not, oh, that's just somebody with some really bad proportions. So I, that threw me for a sec because it's a big head and a little body, but I don't know if that's deliberate. So I'm just, I was kind of, I wasn't pissed off at this comic book, but it really, I needed to read something else. After this, just so that Secret Wars didn't annoy me. Right. 
I have to be democratic about this. Okay. Mr. Sliney has a little bit of improving to do. But but the art is not horrible in this. I'm not saying it's great. But I'm, not, I'm not saying it's bad. Then you have you 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 were talking about Old Man Logan, and then Jason and I said a few things about the Old Man Logan art. So this is definitely one of those situations where uh, art is subjective. And yes, there is no bad art, but I, no, times I, where where sometimes better art would suit the story. Right. I think it's more noble to stumble due from lack of experience, whatever the case, lack of um, knowledge, lack of skill even. I mean, I'm not saying that applies to Mr. Sliney, but I think it's it's a more noble thing to falter on the art college for what it's worth. To to falter on the page than it is to crib from a photo or use Photoshop in a way to include something in your scene. It's it, the, the 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 latter is effortless the, the the former takes a huge amount of you're putting yourself out absolutely there and, 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 you're, and you may not the wish that I can and and I, I I respect that I think of the 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 one the one shining light uh, on every page that I've seen in Secret Secret Wars 2099 I am a fan of his of this version of Hercules. I thought Hercules was was the bright spot on every every page and every panel he's been on. There are some of the other characters, right. not so much, but I thought Hercules looked great from start to finish. Right. So I mean there are there well, are good things and there are things that that that, that I I want see? to to enjoy but then I turn the page and I'm like, well that just kinda wiped that away. Right. The germ is there. The the but sure. he he the 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 journey is not complete yet. He hasn't progressed to the point where I think if I'm going to buy a comic book uh, featuring whatever kind of art, he hasn't made it to the point where I'm willing to separate my money f- myself from my money to buy that. Right. Um, the the Sorrentino read, art uh, okay. is just is just ugly to my eyes. Mm, no, that's fair. And it's it's not the not a not the good kind of ugly because I love a lot of ugly art. That is true. But, yeah, you do. but that's intentionally ugly. The, the, the sliny art is just not fully formed yet. It's not ugly, but it's just not grown yet. Did you all read Uncanny Avengers Ultron Forever? I haven't. I haven't read it yet. I haven't. Uh, well, that's, it's, it's Alan Davis art. It is Alan Davis, yeah. Uh, loves me Alan Davis, but I think he makes some cray cray choices in this. Oh. What do you mean? Well, the the thing, and again, I'm guessing this is something you'll probably love, Vince. Uh, the the Hulk in this story um, is depicted as the traditional Green Hulk, only with Banner's head also <laughs> sticking out of it like a second head. Oh, oh it's like the Incredible Two Headed Transplant. No way. See that is no, cool. but here's the thing, though. Oh shit! If it was like the transplant, I would have dug it. But the head is positioned on the Hulk's, like where his where his um, like his his clavicle would be, like almost on his on his on his like on his on his pectoral, like a little head, almost like a tumor. <laughs> no, it's a full sized like head. The, so like it, Andy it, Garcia, it, twin brother. 
Yeah, it's re- so I just think it's a really odd choice. Like if again, if it was like the old, you know, if there's the two escape prisoners, the black dude and the white dude, and they both are on the same body, that uh-huh. would have been kind of funny. And I think that's what he was going for. I just think he couldn't quite pull off how to draw it. Oh, because if so, you remember, Rosie Greer and, um, and yeah. Raymond Lance heads were not on the same plane in the original. <laughs> One of them was lower. I think it was Raymond Lance head was a little lower. No, but, I know. I, will you be I can't the judge when you read it? The incredible Twitter trail. <laughs> when, when you you be, you be the judge when you when you read it. I, I just I think that's what he's going for. I just think it, he didn't quite pull it off, and as a result, it just looks like essentially cut and pasted banner head like randomly in, in, in page, in pages. Um, ah. but, uh, I, that, you know, be, now that it's just an odd, that's an odd, it's a stylistic choice. I mean, it's still Alan Davis, so it's still badass in general. Um, but, uh, I, I thought the, the story, the story was an odd one. I, I wasn't vibing the story too much. I, I, I I don't think we've talked about it on the show, but I'm I'm just loving uh Remender's uh uh latest uh uh run on um on the Uncanny Avengers and uh yeah. with Acuna art and so like this doesn't have anything discernible to do with that, which is fine, but um but it just I don't know, this was definitely for me a forgettable issue in spite of Alan Davis art. It just was a very forgettable one of the of the bunch. I'm going to read that first after the Inhumans thing. Cool. I'm really curious about that. Yeah, same here. Mm-hmm. Because I didn't know there was hulks in it. And by the way, I feel like I just read another Marvel comic that had the Servant Society in it because I was all giddy. But for the life of me, I can't think of what it was. It was recent. It you was mean, in the last... Like a Secret Wars tie-in? No, no, it wasn't because I, I didn't read any Secret Wars ties until this last few days. But I read it like a week or two ago, and I would have talked about it. it. Was it had to be two weeks ago because I wasn't on last week, and it was all giddy about it. Um, and I remember it being like the redeeming thing about the book. I'm like, oh, the secret serpent side. That's awesome. Uh, I don't know. It'll come to me. Maybe not this week, probably. But yeah, I don't know. <laughs> we covered a lot of ground. Oh, oh no! It, would, it was the Electra. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah, yeah. Right. So yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. It was the it was the fill in. It was the the fill-in uh, arc, the two uh, when Del Mundo, the one issue that Del Mundo didn't do. Yeah, that okay, that's what it was. Never mind. Cool. You both have anything on on your plate you'd like to talk about before we uh, bring this one? Just to some in your travels, man. Yeah. Oh, okay. I read a lot more comics. We can go outside of Marvel if you want. Next week. Cool. Oh. All right. All right. As usual, this episode of 11 O'Clock Comics has been brought to you by Discount Comic Book Service, dcbservice.com, where you, your parents, your friends, and everyone in your family, and even everybody you know can get the absolute rock-bottom prices on their favorite funny books and collectibles. Wrapped up all nice and tight and secure and delivered right to your door. You don't even have to leave your home. It's amazing. dcbservice.com. I actually went to the comic shop today. I'm, I'm happy to admit. And I bought a DC book. Rebel. Say what? Well, actually, it's funny that you say that word in conjunction with this book because it was written by Tom King. Tom King. Um, Tom Slick, in case you didn't know. Barnaby Bagenda was the artist. Uh, Bernie, right? Bernie Bagenda? 
Barnaby, it says here. Okay. Barnaby from, he's from, um, Frodo's. Jones. Your place. Uh, Romulo Fajardo Jr. was the colorist. I'm butchering this. And, uh, Pat Brousseau was the letterer. It's the Omega Man. Number one. Oh my god. Aw, yee. Congrats back to Tommy again. King. No, the book is absolutely gorgeous. Ev, and he, the, Tom had nothing um, to do with uh, drawing the book, but that's cool. No, I know. I'm just, I'll tell, I'll tell you about the story. Beganda, <laughs> um, uses the nine panel grid, which is entirely fitting. The Omega Men and like the Legion of Superheroes are all tied. Uh, it's loose, it's painterly, it's lush. The colors are amazing too. In a nutshell, the Omega Men are wanted um, I think now I'm not all that familiar with recent DC events, but it is assumed or thought that the Omega Men have killed a Green Lantern. Da, da, da. So they're seen as terrorists boom, boom, boom. and, and I guess murderers as well. So the, um, the, the, the Citadel wants them back and, um, the Omega Men are basically Trying to get out of a sticky situation. Man on the run. <laughs> <laughs> but it's uh, it's so gorgeous. And Tom, the, it, it reads like butter. I, I thought it was great. Um, I did not appreciate the two half-page ads. But oh, uh, that's neither here nor there because in the trade, you're not even going to see it. Because uh, both sides of the art are exactly the same depth and they will fit on one page so it's going to be seamless when you get the trade uh but don't wait till the trade because the uh sales on the singles determine um well, it's DC, the, line, so you, the you're not going to see a trade for another three years it's true it's true but this is the omega men we all know and love tigor brute i mean they're all here mm. and it's great it, it's um Aww. it's merely set up not a whole lot of time passes between the first to the last page, but it's all uh, necessary ground to cover, and uh, it's great. Have I said that enough? I'm happy mm-hmm. that I can go to the store, a comic store, and actually buy a current Omega Man comic written by someone who has the skills to pay the bills. Like Robert, yes. Mr. Mr. <laughs> Mr. King. <laughs> I... Uh, I, I'm going to be there. This is one I will buy, uh, not digitally. I will actually go to the comic shop every month to buy this because I have a very soft spot for both the Omega Men um, and uh, Tom King. So, And it gets you out of the house. Tom King. And you know what else I bought today? Gum. Two uh, Rampaging Hulk issues because I cannot find mine at all, and it's bothering me. Mm. I have the, I have had, I don't know where they are, I have the entire run, but for the life of me, I cannot find them. So I'm, I'm buying them again. Unbelievable. Yeah. You do you. Uh, I'll keep it Marvel and say in your travels, Twelfth issue came out last week. It ends the run, the volume, this, this, this story. By I know Mr. Um, sorry, Kyle Andrews. This is Iron Fist, the Living Weapon. Woot woot. The uh, he turned 
turn the cover and the page says the end and that's and there's that's pretty much it we 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 pick up after the events from issue 11 and uh we have some it's 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 kind of a uh, epilogue in that regard um where where things kind of just there's the 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 resolution of of the uh of the battle that uh, that took place in the previous issue and then we um we get to uh 3 months later and um and Danny is is teaching uh this this young girl from uh Kyunlun and and she is learning the ways and 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 uh Brenda, who we met in the first issue of this series, uh, we find out her origin in this issue and, um, things kind of go rather abrupt, uh, things go off the rails rather in, in, in her relationship with Danny. Um, and, and you kind of feel for Danny a little bit as, as, uh, as far as that relationship goes, but, uh, we end with a, um, with a fist bump and, and there's nothing really wrong with a fist bump between, uh, Power Man and Iron Fist. It's, um, it's, it's, it, it, they call that a dap. They do call it a dap. They, uh, they, Andrews, um, took a character that, uh, that apparently, I mean, judging by these 12 issues, he, he, he has love for. Um, but, uh, you know, this isn't, there is a mention of, of Orson Randall. You, you know, he's not ignoring any of Iron Fist's past. You, um, but this isn't anything like the Brubaker fraction and then later fraction run, um, or the Straczynski run. This is, uh, this is a a standalone. It it it's close to an evergreen book, I think, from Marvel. But it it's a uh, it's a um, it's an Iron Fist story that uh, that respects what happened in the past. And and like I said, and Andrews really took the character and ground him down. And built them back up, and and now it, Danny is ready for whatever comes after Secret Wars, and and uh, and where whoever wants to take him from here, and and there are things that you can uh, definitely use in future stories that uh, that took place during these twelve issues, or. Um, or just leave it be and, and do your own thing with Iron Fist. But it is, it's, it's, if you're an Iron Fist fan, I mean, you were probably reading it anyway, but it, it is a, it's, the art has been consistent throughout. It, it's been 12 issues of the same writer, artist, colorist. Um, and it, it looks fantastic. And, and I thought that, uh, from the first issue to the 12th, that, uh, everything you need is in, all those pages. So, uh, I, I, have been happy with it from the beginning. I've talked about it here and there, but it's, um, I think that, uh, that Curry did a fantastic job with the character, respects it. And, um, and now just kind of lets whoever 
do whatever they want with it. So I, I in your travels, read Iron Fist, the living weapon. Now, was this on the books as a, a finite series, or do you think it's no, just he, the whole Secret Wars thing no, playing around? No, he, he, it, it was a 12, he had, he had 12 issues to tell the story. Oh, cool. There was never, I mean, it wasn't marketed as a maxi series or one of 12, but it was, uh, judging from his Facebook posts, it was, um, it was always meant to be, or at least to deal with him and his editors, it, it was going to be a 12 issue series. Well, that's awesome. Some of the greatest comics ever written were 12 issue series. That's true. No <laughs> doubt. Like Secret Wars. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I was thinking Watchmen, but okay. <laughs> that's true. I know you weren't thinking of Camelot 3000. Oh, damn straight. Uh, so, in your travels, actually, if you're physically traveling, uh, this weekend, just days from now, as you listen to this, at Pier 94 in NYC is New York Comic Con Special Edition. I could see everyone is giddy over that. I, I was actually writing, but yes, I have heard that. I will be there on Saturday with not one, not two, but three wood children. Damn. Be hooking it up. Uh, the least prepared I've ever been for a con. I'm bringing my sons. I have no plans beyond that. I'm not bringing my art, not bringing my jam pieces. Just going to take the con in for what it is, buy them some stuff, go around, say hello to whoever's around. Um, but, uh, if any of you are planning on going and you see me in the crowd, uh, by all means say hello. Cause I, we hate nothing more than like after a con when someone's like, Oh, I saw you at the con, but I, wanna, I was, I didn't, I was, I didn't want to bother you or oh, I was too nervous. Say hi. That's crazy. Say hi. Um, and then in two weeks after that, the the Bacchanal to end all Bacchanals in Charlotte, North Kakalaka. Dap, myself, and Mario Muscar will be on on premise at Heroes Con. David and I went last year for the first time. It was phenomenal. We're coming back. It's going to be phenomenal. Can't wait. Uh, so any of our southern listeners, if you're planning on coming to Heroes, we can't wait to see you. I'm I'm overjoyed with anticipation on that. Um, before I get into my book, the other thing is uh, it was pointed out to us uh, that uh, we could use some new iTunes recommendations. And I think we've all been users of iTunes now for so long that we kind of forget about the recommendation engine. And uh, I'm guilty of that, too. It's been a while since I've written reviews. But um, the one thing that... Uh, about reviews that people may not realize is the recency and frequency of reviews actually play a pretty big part in the algorithm for getting our podcast to continue to be ranked highly in its category. And uh, not that that's ultimately all that important, but it is a nice little uh, help to us because sort of listeners beget listeners. And when we rank highly in the, in the category, then it's more likely that new people that have not yet heard of us will give us a try. So uh, to any of you listeners out there that have never given us an iTunes review, uh, but but wouldn't mind doing so, we would really appreciate it. It would be a great way to say thanks to us. We would we would love it if you'd be so kind as to do that for us. Um, and now in your travels, we've talked a lot about Marvel. I'm going to go over to our friends at Dark Horse. And 
Uh, speaking of Heroes Con, I will be shaking this man's hand and having him sign a commission that uh, I bought online from him that I haven't seen him yet and thanking him for this work, which is by Dark Horse, an original graphic novel um, that uh, was was created, written, drawn, and colored by Mr. Andrew McLean. I'm talking about Apocalyptic Girl and Aria for the End Times. Yes. Uh, I... I'm a big fan of, of, of Andrew's work. Um, if you haven't heard of him, he's best known at this point in his career for Headlopper 1 and 2, which he uh, self-published through Kickstarter campaigns. Uh, awesome. Wor- uh, Headlopper is an awesome story about uh, essentially a Conan type of character that uh, goes around lopping heads of, of creatures and ne'er-do-wells. Fun, fun stuff. And this is his first uh, original graphic novel. It is uh, a story about uh, a woman named Arya. Uh, and her cat jelly beans, which I know put a smile on David's face. And, uh, they're living in an apocalyptic, a post apocalyptic world, uh, trying to survive. And, uh, there are, uh, there are aliens, there are, uh, uh, there are, uh, mechs. There are mech suits, Vince. Uh, it's, it's a, it's a blast. And, uh, I thought he did a phenomenal job of, of, of characterizing Arya. And the thing, it, you know, Andrew is one of those people that if you've seen his art, there's nothing else like it. And to be honest, because maybe I didn't think this through enough, I'm having trouble describing his art in a way that will convey what it looks like if you haven't seen it. Um, it it's it's definitely got a European flair to it. Uh, there's a, a certain flatness to it. Um, uh, he he's he's very confident and uses his characters don't have to them. Um. But his backgrounds do. So, I don't know. I mean, how would you guys describe Andrew McLean's art? It's, 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 I'm kind of at a loss for how to get people to understand what it looks like. Um, clean line. Super clean line, exa- yeah. Ex- exaggerated figures. Um, mm-hmm. I, for some angular reason, his eyes, art, angular eyes. Yeah. His art reminds me of Brian Ralph a little bit. Okay. Um, also, Whenever I see some of his designs, his, his monsters, and even his, his, his heroes and main characters, I see the masks from Razzle. Oh yeah, that's, that, oh, that's yeah. fair. Yeah, that's fair, for sure. For sure. Yeah, it's just that slanty eyed, um, wide mouth grin on a lot of his characters. He's a great designer. And I saw some, a bunch of pages from Apocalyptic Girl. It looks fantastic. It really does. Yeah, um, I, but I, yeah, I, I he's, his stock I mean, in, in uh, trade is exaggeration. Yeah, 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 and and it's uh, but it's just terrific. It's uh, tip my cap to him. Um, I think the book. I, I should have looked this up. I think the book is nineteen. I think it's like twenty bucks cover price. I want to say uh, worth every penny. But again, the beauty of that is that you can get it for cheaper at uh, in stock trades or. You know, other places like Amazon. So, um, it's, it's, he's in, the, he's in the Mignola school too. De- yeah, I definitely. Think, I, he's I mean, very he, um, much in the Mignola. yeah, he, he, I think that's fair. Um, I know that he <laughs> is really good friends with, um, with John Arcudi and, and Michael Avon Oming, uh, mm-hmm. who I, I think he considers a bit of a mentor. Yeah. His art doesn't really look like Oming's per se, but, but it's, 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 oh, it's, it's like a, a distant style. cousin of that style. Yeah. Yeah, I could see the Omi yeah. influence. Yeah. Um, to whatever extent, if you're curious and you don't know his work, since I'm, I don't feel like I'm doing a very good job of describing it, just Google Headlopper or Apocalyptic Girl or Andrew McLean and you'll see the art. And, and I, I just think the art's terrific. And, and ultimately it's about the storytelling and, 
you know, he, he, I just think he's very, very good at that. Um, and it's nice to see him getting a level up in terms of his recognition here, because certainly while Headlopper one and two are awesome, you know, they were self-published and I think mainly exposed through either the Kickstarters or at cons that he attends. And so, you know, to have Dark Horse put out his first ever full, fully complete work is pretty neat stuff. And, uh, I, I think we'll oh, be yeah. hearing a lot more of him in the, in the coming years. So big, big fan. I'd love to see him take a run at BPRD. Yeah, he, he definitely would fit nicely into that Mignola verse, uh, for sure. Yeah. Um, excellent point. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We have said our pieces and now we're going to bed and we would be overjoyed if having endured this episode, you returned to us next week because you can find it the same place you found this one. Do it for one reason that you get a lot of enjoyment out of us, hopefully, and that Depp loves you. Yeah. That's two reasons. That's two reasons. But please, come back. We'll be waiting for you. Say goodnight, David. Goodnight, David. Instantaneous send-off. Night. Peace. I was waiting for the Jason sequel, but he didn't do it. Bye. There you go. I can sleep soundly now. (laughs) His arms around you. Symbolist poets. Expressionist painters. Performance artists and no waivers. Man called Johnny, a man called Jim. American women, American men. New York in the 70s, New York in the 70s, New York in the 70s, New York in the 70s. Everybody's gay or bisexual. A man called Jim getting experimental. American days become American nights. We're gonna have some fun with the scary transvestites. Oh, New York in the 70s. New York in the 70s. Everybody's getting up, doing stuff, hanging out, starting all over again. New York in the 70s, New York in the 70s, man called Johnny 70s.